At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hmm? Ah! Huh. Hey, everybody. I'm Rayma. I'm Ake. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show Stranger Things. Today, we will be covering Season 4, Episode 3, titled Chapter 3, The Monster and the Superhero. I liked this one this week. How about you? I did. I liked it a lot. And the title, I was wondering, like, it was like, ooh, it's very foreboding last week when we, like, kicked it in. But then I liked the way they played with it, because literally it's both just talking about Elle and the Mm -hmm. ways that she is viewed by either herself or other people or... And her, her trying to decide which she is, and she's not sure. She, I, I don't know. So it's, I, I like that a lot. <laughs> I do too. I know we were speculating on that, and I agree. I, I feel like the tie-in. Cause, I mean, I don't view Elle as the monster, but I know that she was viewing herself as that. And, and yeah. you know, Mike was calling her the superhero. Doctor Owens was calling her a superhero. I think she's. I think at one time she may have believed that. I don't think she's, I think she's pretty unsure of that right now. Yeah. But um, I think, I think she's on a journey, you know, right now to kind of rediscover herself and, and figure it out. So I, I, I agree. I, I think it had a lot more to do with L as far as that, that title. Um, so, yeah. But we did get we did get some monster action though, oh, some like real sure. monster action, <laughs> which is getting Ugh. so exciting. It's getting so exciting. I'm I'm really loving these episodes. They're so good, um, and this one definitely gave us some insight and really moved the plot along. Uh, yeah. So I know we've got a lot to say about it. Um, let's go ahead and just jump into our top top points notes top five. Whatever we're calling it now. Whatever it is. Um, <laughs> we're just going to talk. It's still numbers five through one in my notes because that's what I'm yeah. used to doing. Yeah. Well. <laughs> we're switching things around. It's kind of become a podcastic thing now where it's, you know, not just a top five. It's just, you know, top top points. We're, we're just going to keep it cash. Um, why don't you start us off this week with your first All one? All right. And my first one, I'll go ahead and talk about kind of what I alluded to right there with the title of the episode. Awesome. And that is L and her dealing with the aftermath of Rankomania and being arrested and everything that she has to go through. Uh, which, yeah, we do pick up with the aftermath of that roller skate incident. Uh, we see Angela being tended to by some EMTs. Elle's setting us to the side, just kind of stewing on her own. Everybody's just standing around, gawking and staring. And I, I honestly felt really bad for Elle in that moment. Not, not Angela, really, at all. Uh, she'll be fine, you know. No, I still Whatever. am not feeling poorly for like her at all. With Argyle on that, I was like, ah, yeah, that future prom queen will be just fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, because it was what? It was just rubber or plastic. Not like hard plastic, just the soft kind. <laughs> right. And it wasn't an ice skate. So it yeah, could have been way worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I love that interaction. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, just seeing what happens after that, and you know, they go back home, and I guess they don't. Does Joyce even know what happened? Like the the incident is brought up by Argyle, but like in a way, of, like some girl got hit with a roller skate, and they just leave it at that. But like they don't know that L had anything to do with it. Like just they're so disconnected and don't care. Which is, <laughs> I, yeah, I I don't know. I was I'm like. Joyce is so smart and she had like so many questions like uh especially oh 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 shoot was it season two I think it was season two was it with the magnets yeah yeah um so or was it season three that was season three I think okay the big thing the big yes the machine was yeah (laughs) okay yeah I'm telling you when I watch it and I binged the the series before this started everything starts to blend for me together and it's hard for me to pick it out but yes season three she has all these questions what about the magnets what about the magnets and she has like no questions whatsoever at the dinner table no follow-up like wait what skate incident Jonathan what the hell is wrong with you I know she's kind of looking at him but there's not like a lot of digging from Joyce whereas she's usually so kind of picking at something like what is going on tell me what's happening talk to me and i i think it's probably more the distraction of hopper yeah and, and their mission <laughs> yeah so i'm gonna try and give joyce the benefit of the doubt without doing a lot of follow-up here because i am a little concerned like oh my goodness there's a lot going on here and joyce is definitely not tuned in <laughs> to that at all no uh but yeah um with that incident being brought up at dinner L just kind of storms off. She doesn't want to talk about it, which also it comes from what Mike said, which I was honestly surprised when when Mike says well, she didn't look fine. I was like, "Dick move, dude! What the hell is up with that?" Like, right? Clearly, support yeah. your girl, right? And yeah, L just storms off, and so she's on her own, laying on bed, laying on her bed, and she's having more of these connecting flashbacks, flashbacks to the lab situation versus what happened at the rink and we see again it's just that opening that horrifying opening scene we got of the Mm -hmm. first episode and now we just kind of see her keep thinking back to that and we still don't know how she's connected or you know whatever but it's definitely something that's still haunting her and it's it's just it's hard to see so when you think that things can't get worse for her just in the like state she's in her whole conversation with mike where She's just in this place where she's like, I don't belong, and anybody who did love me just are, are pulling away or pushing me away from them, and I just, I belong nowhere, I am nobody, I don't have my powers, I don't have my friends, I don't have any support around me, like, I, who am, you know, I'm the monster. And it's a terrible place for her to be in, and so it can only get worse when the police show up, which I did notice Will and Jonathan were watching... That, day, that Ewoks cartoon the on the Ewoks TV when the cartoon. police got there. I was like, oh, oh my, my gosh. God. Talk yeah. Throwback. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah, they, they come in and just like take her in for assault, uh, which Joyce isn't even there. I was like, I was like she's, she's a minor. Can you just roll up with no warning or talking beforehand and just like take her away? I don't, uh, I guess, fortunately for me, I've never been in that kind of situation where I don't know how that works, but you would think. With a minor, like, you, you can't just roll up and, is your parents home? No? Okay, well, you're coming with us anyway. I, I don't know. It's because it's not like she killed somebody. It's, I mean, it is still assault. She did leave Angela she, with, with yes. a concussion. But, but yeah, I was just like, what is, what is the protocol on that? Can you just 
<laughs> your parents home know, well, you're coming anyway. And we're going to send you away to detention center somewhere. And your mom has no idea. <laughs> like, yeah. Who's getting in touch with Joyce? <laughs> Right, who just happens to be on her way to Alaska. It's not like she went to the supermarket and she's going to be right. home later. You know, it's. I mean, I know that she, I think, had expected to be. Well, I don't know. She didn't really say how long she planned on going. Just at this <laughs> encyclopedia yeah. conference. Such a lame, <laughs> lame, lame excuse. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think she said how long she'd be gone. But I mean, we can probably assume at least a couple of days, at least. I mean, it, it, it would probably took the entire day to get there. I don't know. I've never flown to Alaska. Um, but I would assume there's many hours of flight time there. Yeah, and, I actually looked that up because I was curious. Oh, yeah. Because the one that when she asks the flight attendant, how long? She's like, oh, just a few more hours. She's like, how long is that flight? Which I, I looked it up. Um, of course, uh Lenora does not exist. It is a fictional town, much mm-hmm. like Hawkins, made for the show. But I did look Los Angeles to Nome, Alaska, and that's six hours and 15 minutes. Nowadays, Ouch. I don't know, are planes faster now than they were back then? I'm really not sure. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's a little too, that's too much of a I don't know. deep dig than what I'm willing to go. But I don't um, know. Yeah. But based off of just a Google search of, like right now, if I wanted to go Los Angeles to Nome, Alaska, where they're going, it's six hours and 15 minutes. Huh. So, yeah, that's so that's pretty much consuming your day. That's one day, yeah. of, you know, a day of travel. Then you got to assume like another day and they'd be there for a day or so. Um, and I'm Murray said just getting sidetracked for a moment, thinking of like the geography of Lenora. We, I know it's a made up town, but Murray mentioned Ventura as an excuse to like, oh, I was in Ventura and, you know, helping out a client and. Just happened to think, oh, yeah, you guys, the buyers live here now. I'll hop in and say hello while I'm in the neighborhood. Ventura is like outside of LA, right? Like an LA so. suburb. Sounds right. So I'm wondering if like Lenora is supposed to be like a semi LA kind of suburb yeah. or in that area. It looks very Southern California. So that's, that's my guess anyway. Not entirely yeah. sure. But, um, but yeah, so we don't know how long Joyce is going to be gone. She didn't say, but you can assume it's going to at least be at least two to three days, just for even just for her travel time. I don't know, really. I feel, I mean, you know, I'm I'm a huge true crime nerd, and I'm just like screaming, like, "Hey, are you allowed to just like run off with a minor and then question her and then just take her off to juvie without any type of parent, guardian, lawyer, or right. something like being that present? Same question. Yeah, I mean, it's like, is there a guardian present? No. Well, then you shouldn't be questioning her without somebody present. Like, yeah, I feel yeah. like as a mi- with a minor, you have to have somebody there. Exactly. So like, there are like, lo- okay. Well, we're going to get in touch with your parents or guardians. You, we keep an eye on you. Make sure you stay until then. But I don't think they would arrest her and just take her away. Yeah. Well, I know. Look, I'll just a small confession here. When I was in this, now this was not the '80s. It was oh no shit, maybe it was in the '80s, like late '80s, not '86, but late '80s. Um, I got into some trouble, and I was—I guess you could call it arrested. And I was taken to, um, they couldn't take me to jail because I was a minor and I'm in a really small town, so they didn't have anywhere to take me. So they took me to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That'll work, I guess. (laughs) They put me in like this room 
with, uh, I don't think she was a nurse. Honestly, I don't know who she was. I wasn't talking to anyone. It was definitely a, I, I don't know. I think I had it in me even at that age where like, you just, you don't talk, you, do, you don't talk without I want some sort of, <laughs> I was going to say without some sort of representation, I don't talk. I, I, I yeah. think I gave my name and that was it. So I didn't talk to anyone. So I didn't talk to this person. They had to sit in this room with me all day long because my mom worked. And I've mentioned several times my mother was a single mom. And so she was at work. And um, this happened kind of earlier in the day. And because my mom couldn't leave work to come get me when they called her when this incident happened, um, I had to sit here like in this what they called. It was basically just this holding room yeah. um, in our local hospital until she came to get me. Um, they didn't you know, run me off to juvie, they were have me in a jail cell because I was a minor. They didn't have any place to put a minor. Um, I can't believe I'm talking about this, but you know, whatever. It was a long time ago. It wasn't serious trouble. It was shoplifting. Okay. That's what it was. Uh, it was so a you stupid. You didn't initiate a, one of those I, I didn't, I, attacks, did you? I did not assault anyone. I did not hit anyone with a roller skate. It was a shoplifting thing. It was a really dumb, dumb thing to do. Mm. It was a one time thing. It was, I was with a friend who, you know, Let's do this stupid thing because we're right. we're stupid. Um, so yeah, it was a dumb thing to do. Don't encourage it. Don't do it, kids. But anyway, um, so so yeah, I was like, can they just haul her off without? I mean, could, can can they not at least just hold her somewhere? That I mean, and I'm not saying jail, but I don't know. I just, I just don't see how they could cart her off to to juvie like yeah. that without somebody um notifying a parent or a guardian like they wouldn't even tell jonathan who's and it was so sweet when they called them like we're her brothers you know i'm her Mm -hmm. brother was super sweet but like they they're they're not even informing her family you know what's going on it was right just i don't know and i i get they have to it's a whole plot thing so mm-hmm. I, I don't want to really dwell on it too long, but I was just like, wait a minute, you can't yeah, just haul off the thoughts that I have while watching it where, yeah, as they're like carting her away, I was like, she's underage. You can't just do that, can you? I don't think that's how that works. I don't think that's how it works, <laughs> but it, it paid off in the end, yeah. you know, um, you know, later. So it, it, it worked out. But I was just like, no, no, not even in the 80s, this, this shouldn't have happened. Right. Right. Um, but but speaking of that, as she is there and that she is being questioned, uh, like I said, that she did give Angela a concussion. She gets that information. Good. Uh, <laughs> she's not sorry. The police really noticed that. Like she doesn't look like she's really sorry about that. And no, she doesn't. Um, I, she's just not really sure how to respond. Uh, and I guess she's ashamed. We talked about this a little bit last week. Like even with the police asking her, she's not going to admit that she was being bullied by Angela. When asked why you would do it, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, yeah, like, okay, she was bullying you. I mean, it's not a good excuse or a good reason as to why you're going to assault somebody with a roller skate and give them a concussion. But at least it's an answer that they will have some kind of understanding. Ex- exactly. Why. Like, there's a motivation behind it. She was, you know, picked on and she reached her limit and she she lashed out. Yeah, like it's it's not good and you're still going to have to face a consequence for that. But it makes you look a little bit better. You don't look like a complete just stone cold psycho. You being like, I don't know why I did it. Did you want to kill her? I don't know. It's not a good look, Elle. It's not a good look. And I wonder if that was their because the look on those cops faces, I wondered if that was their excuse for like, oh, we've got a little psychopath on our hands. We got to get her locked up like ASAP, which 
again, very, very flimsy excuse for them to just cart her off without a parent, a, a guardian, a lawyer, something, someone to represent her as a minor. She is a child. So regardless of her uh, motivations and what her thought process was, uh, you, you can't just cart her off. But they looked, they almost looked kind of scared of her, like, oh, my God, look at a little, little psychopath. She didn't know if she wanted to kill <laughs> yeah. her or not. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and they cart her off, which, again, I noticed there's some a theme of this show of Mike constantly having to watch Elle being taken away or leaving. Because this is at least the third time I can immediately think of it. I mean, like, seeing her like the in, like, season one, the end of season one with the FBI or not the FBI, but like the lab agents taking her away. And he's standing there in the street, like watching the van drive away or at the end of last season where she's, I mean, even though it's, you know, not as a bad situation, but in the back of Joyce's car and they're driving away towards California and Mike's just in there just watching like, there she goes, you know, as, (laughs) and then here, you know, Mike is standing out in the middle of the street, watching this police van, take her away. It's like, man, he just constantly is finding herself just, Finding himself watching L just going away from him. That's a good point. That's a good point. That happens a lot. Yeah, um, and in the show. Yeah, she he goes off, and then when the van taking her to this detention hall gets stopped by government agents, I was real scared for a second, honestly, because I yes. remember the military going to Owens at the front, being like, "We're trying to find her, and because of you, we're going to find where she is." And so at first, you're thinking it's like somebody who's trying to hurt her and she even she thinks that you know she busts out the back doors and tries to take off running oh she's she it's not her yeah it's not her first day not her (laughs) first day with you know these unmarked cars rushing up to to whisk her away or something you know so yeah she she was familiar thinking of course of course she she thought a bad bad thing Mm -hmm. so it was it was a nice surprise to have owens appear to to kind of get her out of that situation and and help her out yeah, I agree. I, li- I like all that. Eleven was actually my first point, too. And I liked that we saw the fallout there from the skating rink. Like you said, it picked up right where we left off with everyone at the skating rink. Um, and, of course, Angela's coming out looking like this innocent victim, which, again, you know, I'll say this is fiction. I, I don't condone violence, but in the show, I'm saying, yes, Elle, go for it. I hope you broke her damn nose, and I'm not sorry she's got a concussion because she had it coming. But, <laughs> you know, and she deserved it. She deserved to get hit for, for how terrible she was to Elle. But she's, uh, you know, obviously not everyone's going to have the back um, backstory of that. So Angel's coming out looking like a victim, and there's poor Elle sitting there alone, even not even like with Will or Mike there to like comfort her and be with her and at least be supportive towards her. I think they were still kind of freaking out about what, what she kind of did. Um, and I liked their car ride home where everyone's like really quiet and Jonathan and Argyle are like trying to fill that void, trying to make things sound not so uh, bad. Like you said, Oh, they're, they're rubber wheels, you know, just this plastic, but not the hard plastic. And in case you get smacked, um, <laughs> you know, just in case, um, you know, of course, they're trying to downplay the whole situation. And I thought that was really funny because they're completely stoned out of their minds. I love Stony Baloney, Jonathan and Argyle. I- <laughs> I'm, I'm here for baked Jonathan. He, yeah, that, he's it's it's yeah, it's good stuff. That whole. Yeah. The schmacked thing uh, with Jonathan's face when he's imagining somebody's like nose getting cut off with an ice skate where he's like, they would have sliced your nose clean off. And just the way Jonathan's like. Oh, like you can see him like imagining it. It's he's take he has gone on a journey with that thought. Uh, yeah, that was very vivid for him. The whole 
blip, 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 blip. God, I. <laughs> it's so good because you know uh, it's it's not for me not such a stretch to imagine Jonathan as a stone. At first, I was kind of like, oh, it's kind of different. We haven't. That's not the serious Jonathan we've had in previous seasons. You know, he's always yeah. been very serious. Uh, but you know, he went from like this nerdy, deep artist to now a stoner, and I'm like, okay, that's not that much of a stretch. Um, yeah, no. That that seems like a natural evolution there. So yes, I, does. I'm totally here for it. I'm here for baked Jonathan, and I'm really digging Argyle. I think, you know, I I, I enjoy their friendship, and I like Argyle as an addition. Um, you know, with the rest of the gang. Um, but I felt really bad for L. You know. They, they, they get home, and of course, Murray was a surprise, and they have this amazing, amazing dinner scene, of course. Um, but I feel really bad for Elle because, you know, she, and again, Joyce is not asking the questions. I think Joyce is a really great mom and a really, really great parent. We've talked a lot about her in past seasons where she's very supportive of her children, very supportive of their choices. She's there for them. She's, you know, asks them questions and gets involved with their lives. I think had this situation with Hopper not be happening at the same time. I think it might have played out a little bit differently. Um, maybe. Um, because I think that the Joyce would have been there for her and supportive of her in that moment. But I think Elle felt very alone because Joyce was distracted. Mike and Will are like, we don't quite know how to handle this. Mike is still being kind of weird about the situation. Like you said, made that comment. And I feel bad for her. You know, we we have to remember Elle is not a normal, like, teenage girl. She lived in a lab in complete isolation, you know, for, well, there were people there at the lab, but she didn't have a lot of interaction with other kids. You know, that down, it, it seemed like there at the end when we met her, uh, I mean, we saw other kids during you know during these flashbacks and with with Kali yeah. and but in season 1 it seemed like she was like the only kid left or something yeah. i'm not i'm not entirely sure if there were other kids we didn't see them at that time but anyway um you know she was very isolated she spent a lot of time alone and she was always having to be put through, through these experiments she has like no social skills at all i mean she's still even just learning basic english and grammar and you know trying to learn how to be a kid and you know as i'm sitting here like l why are you saying something like you know when they're asking you did you mean to kill her and she's like i don't know and i'm thinking oh my god that is like you said, not a good look. Why would you say that? But she doesn't know how to answer that stuff. She doesn't, she hasn't had enough exposure in, in the world. And I think when she has these flashbacks to what we saw in the premiere um, and, and, and what happened, she, I think she feels like she is probably responsible for that. I don't know if she understands exactly what happened in that incident. Um, so she probably, do, I think she does believe herself to, you know, to be a monster and, you know, she's trying to figure that out. This girl just cannot have a normal life. I think mm-hmm. every time we try to see her have a normal life, it gets so screwed up. And, you know, something is constantly ruining it. And this time in this season, it's bullies in these social situations. And, you know, she thinks of herself as a monster, like the ones that she's vanquished from Hawkins in, in the past. She thinks Mike thinks that she's a monster. She thinks others think that of her, too. Now, Everyone who witnessed what she did at the roller skate at the at the roller rink probably thinks she's a monster too. That she just walks up and hits her with the skate. Um, mm-hmm. So and and when she told Mike, she's like, "I am different. She is different." 
you know, Mike's like, well, I've been bullied too. I get it. And she's like, yeah, but it's not quite the same. L is different. I just don't think I, I would love for her to have a normal life. Honestly, I just don't think it's, it's for 11. I just don't know that she's ever really going to be able to acclimate, you know, like the rest of the kids and be a normal kid. I, I would want that for her. I just don't know if it's, ha- if it, if it can happen or not. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think I tend to agree with you. Uh, it would be nice. I would love for her to just be a normal kid, but especially, I mean, I, I don't know where this goes from here, but yeah, I me mean, kind of jump ahead. I mean, we see Owens is finding this way to get her powers back even stronger. I mean, it feels like she's never going to get that opportunity to be a normal kid because she's always going to be needed to, to be the superhero. Yeah. And kind of like in, you know, if you go to Marvel and DC and all these other, you know, superhero kind of comics and shows, that's kind of the role of a superhero, whether they like it or not, they kind of have to sacrifice having a normal life and normal family and friends and social you know, stuff to be the person who is saving those who, who can't save themselves. And yeah, that's so a good point. That trope goes to 11 where, you know, she didn't choose that life, but, but it is who she is. And because as Owens tells her, you know, she is one of the good ones. I feel like just kind of out of this sense of duty, that's the place that she's going to find herself in is being the superhero that has to sacrifice a normal life in order to, to be the hero people really need. I think that's a really good point. Cool. Well, what is your next point? All right. My next, um, I want to talk about Lucas. Awesome. And his kind of arc through this episode. Um, of course, who first he's waking up speed limit sixty nine, nice. Uh, <laughs> Always, <laughs> yeah. We see him. He's waking up. At, he's still at Benny's. So I was like, I guess him and the basketball team just live there now. Um, I was just say, we just like <laughs> is his family not wondering where the hell he is? I I don't know. <laughs> I know it's the eighties. I know he's in high school now, a freshman. <laughs> but I mean, sheesh, right? Whatever. Uh, but yeah. Jason and the crew are outside in the car whenever Lucas walks outside. They're prepping for their freak hunt, um, which Jason says, you know, we aren't killers like Eddie. We just we just want to talk. It's like, yeah, you know, with that and a wrench, like a normal conversation. Um, yeah, that's always part <laughs> and an integral part of, of a good conversation. Right. Right. Uh, Jason gives Lucas this free out, but then he decides to go with them. Um I think they did a really good job throughout this whole episode. Like, especially the first, my first watch, I did not know how to feel about this. I was like, I, I didn't know is Lucas selling out his friends to keep his popularity card or is he trying to keep tabs on what's going on so that he can alert his friends to, to what's happening. And maybe even Lucas himself wasn't really sure where he was on that throughout the episode. I agree. Um, I think think he he was kind of feeling it out. I, I agree with you. But uh, yeah, they drive up to uh, the corroded coffin band practice uh, <laughs> looking for Eddie. Uh, he's not there, but then they kick the shit out of the band anyway. They, you know, Jason threatens to break the drummer's hand for info. Those guys suck. Yeah, not the band, the- those jocks. Jesus. <laughs> right. Uh, they get pointed towards Dustin since he was the one calling around looking for Eddie. And then Lucas goes so far then as to like completely, <laughs> it reminded me of things like, you know, 
the biblical sense of just like, and then Peter, you will deny me in front of you, you know, people three times, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Lucas keeps getting set up. Like, you know, these people. And he's like, no, I do not. Of course. Waiting for a crow to uh, call. Um, no, but you know, he's like, yeah, I, I don't know who these people are. So they're, they're hanging out with my sister, a bunch of freaks. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Like right, right in the front of their faces. Yeah. Just like, I don't know them. So like, ah, it's kind of, kind of pathetic. And and then we see him when they go to Dustin's house, sneaking into Dustin's room and radios in. He doesn't really get a chance to warn them exactly what's happening. But because, you know, uh, Jason, the guys show back up outside. So then it gave me kind of, of a scare when, you know, he's like, oh, I was in there looking for clues. And they're like, OK, yeah, whatever, Sherlock. And then when he goes, well, I got a clue. I know where Eddie's hiding. And I was like, literally out loud, first watch. I was like, well, fuck you, Lucas. Yes. <laughs> so you traitor. Um, was not happy. So then whenever later in the episode, we see them in the woods marking out, you know, Jason's like, okay, I'm going to come from this side. Me and Lucas can go over here. You guys jump here. And then I'm like, they're in the woods near cabins and houses. And I was like, well, I know that's where <laughs> Reefer Rick's shack and everything is set up. So again, I was like, fuck you. Like, I can't believe you actually sold them out. But then as they were getting closer to the cabin, I was like, well, Eddie was in a boathouse right on the water. There's no water around here. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's Hopper's cabin, isn't it? And once they walked inside, I was like, oh, Lucas, you freaking genius. <laughs> like, yes. He redeemed himself there at the end. He let, he led them to Hopper's cabin to throw them off the trail. And then he took off. So hopefully that means that he is done with these guys. He goes back to his friends. But if that is what happens, then it was like, they're just going to target him as an accomplice to Eddie. And he's on the, you know he's in there targeting now. So I was like, damn, that's not good for Lucas. I'm glad he seems to have made the right decision there at the end, but that's going to put him in danger with these guys who are clearly on a war path. I I think you're a hundred percent right. Lucas is actually uh, one of my points as well. I, yeah, I am fearful for Lucas. Uh, I, I, they're going to know when he takes off like that. I'm assuming he's taking off and leaving them and like, yep, I'm out of here. I'm done with you guys. And he's going to go join up with Dustin and Steve and the rest of, of the gang who who know where Eddie's at and try to help, I guess, figure out what the hell is going on and, and what to do next. Um, since Max had said, hey, meet us at the school, um, you know, and, and hopefully they're all going to get together. I hope that. But I also, yeah, you're right. I think it's going to put, him or put a target on him you know and he's going to be guilty by association and i think he's sacrificing his his popularity card there but he's doing the right thing i mean not questioning that i was really proud of him for doing the right thing and like you what i wanted to add to what you said what was in my notes was i i was i'm a I feel bad that I even questioned Lucas honestly because but I was questioning him too I'm like oh come on now tell me you're not going that route this is not going to be that twist in the story right that we're going to have one of the gang one of the OGs um you know from from the gang here that they're going that he's going to turn on them and I felt bad for even having that thought because you know it it really made me uncomfortable the way that he joined in with Jason and the rest of the boys and I'm like Oh, no. But then I thought about it and I'm like, well, I guess it kind of makes sense, you know, because he this would be a way for him to keep an eye on them. He would be able to actually see what they're doing, where they're going, what information or intel that they have or what their plan is. So I think it was that was what he was thinking by as he's he I think maybe he did kind of think about like, what should I do? What should I do if I go? Then I don't want to be complicit. But if I go, then I can hear what they're 
what they're doing. What are they planning? Um, so I think that that's what his plan was, is so he can keep an eye on them, see what they're up yeah. to, what their plans are, who they're looking for, how close they are. And I shouldn't have been as surprised as what I was to see that Lucas was super loyal. Lucas has always been one of the more loyal out of all of them. You know, in season yeah. one, when Will was missing, he went out looking for Will on his own. He yeah. he was, you know, really angry at, at, at Dustin and Mike and was like, I'm going to go look for Will. And he just went on his on his own looking for him. And so I'm like, OK, yep, Lucas, you 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 won me back. I was a little bit worried for a few minutes there, but he he he, he got me back. So I thought it was great that he then proved himself to be a loyal friend, like you said, leading uh, Jason and, and the rest of them to, to Hopper's cabin. But he's definitely put a target I think on him um, mm. right now, he's just going to be lumped in with Dustin and, and the rest of them. Um, and Eddie, of course, the main one that they're looking for, but they'll just be guilty by association. They're assuming anyone involved, you know, with, with the game. And uh, if you're friends with them, then that means you're, you're just one of them too. And that's a big sacrifice for Lucas. We saw how, how he was really wanting to be a part of this crowd, you know, yeah. and really wanted to, to kind of change I don't know if he really wanted to change who he who he was or just change the perception that people had of him, you know. Um, but you know, we know that was a sacrifice for him. But I'm glad he did the right thing. Yeah, proud of sure. our boy Lucas. Mm-hmm. All right, what's your next point? All right, I feel like it's going to go this way this episode. Where I'm it's totally fine. Like, we're going to have yeah, we're going to yeah. have the <laughs> same ones eventually. And I would just rather chime in with what you have than um, waiting to say something about it later. So. Yeah, because I feel like this is definitely one you're going to want to talk about, too. Uh, Hopper. Uh, let's catch back in on Hopper and what's sure. going on in Russia. Uh, we see him meeting with Enzo, a.k.a. Antonov, we find out. Um, yeah. Yeah, his actual name. Uh, he pretends to insult him and is like spit at him, you know, called him pig and, you know, asshole. And, these, and just to get pulled aside. Uh because this deal we know has been brokered between them um, to where Antonov gets the money, his money from Joyce, bringing it to Alaska, which gives that, you know, she gives that to Yuri there in Alaska. Yuri flies it over because Yuri makes these supply drops to Alaska for the guards. And then with that supply drop, he would bring the money and then Hopper would be able to hitch a ride back to Alaska with, with Yuri. And he's like, you got one chance to get on the, the plane though like that's that's it one chance and i keep the money regardless i'm rich and you're still stuck uh <laughs> which i like you know he says because you know, he brings stuff of supplies over but then he goes cigarettes peanut butter playboys the best america has to offer and i was like can that be our new national slogan um yes <laughs> welcome to america cigarettes peanut butter playboys um <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, after they're them talking, he Hop takes a punch to the face to sell his argument with Antonov the guard, and he goes back to the tracks. Which I, w- I was wondering if I wanted to include this note, but yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it just because it's a fun little like. Here's what goes on in my brain. I could have sworn that the guard that stops and talks to to Enzo while he's dealing with Hopper was played by Tom Brook, who is uh, Fiore from Preacher, and he was uh, Lothar Frey in Game of Thrones. But he's not credited on IMDb. And the more I watched the episode, I was like, ah, maybe that's not him. But it's somebody who looks hmm. very like him. And it sent me on this like rabbit hole where I was like, 
but like Tom Brook apparently does not have any social media. He does not have Twitter. He does not have Instagram. He doesn't. So oh, I couldn't man. find anywhere where he would have been like posted about like being an extra or like a small part on there. But everything that I looked at on IMDb and everything, he's not credited. He's not. So I was like, it's probably not him. But I was like, Interesting. God, it just like him and it's. It's going to drive me crazy as I'm watching. Yeah, maybe it'll maybe it'll come out a little bit. Um, you know, I haven't still haven't looked at any news articles or at least trying to avoid everything. So maybe maybe after we'll be able to kind of take a deep dive. It's a scary Internet's a scary world. Yeah, right now. I know. I get so scared, like <laughs> anything relating Stranger Things in the search when I put, go on Google. I'm like, I have to be so careful. Uh, yep. It's all out there. Which just to throw this out, I, I think. I'm going to do my best while we're covering this show. My specu- I said, you know, speculations I will keep within the episodes. Because I feel like I got spoiled on something pretty big this week. And Oh, shit. I'm sorry. And it was not even – it was in the comments section on a Star Wars post. Oh, and somebody's no. making these Stranger Things spoilers. And I'm like, I hate people sometimes. Why? Like, why do you have to do that? Did they even mark it? Or, or no. In- oh, no. Like, because it was this whole Star Wars – because it was like a Star Wars meme. It was like, what if – Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker and people are like, Oh my God. And playing along with it. And then somebody has been there like, no, because he's blah, blah, blah from blah. And they're like, no, that's on stranger things. Blank is blank. And I was like, how, why? Oh no. <laughs> you know, like, you, I was like, such a careless do that? throwaway comment <laughs> and not, and, and you, you yeah. think you're in a safe space because the subject is star Wars. And then someone has to go bring that up. Oh, yeah, so I was guys. like just going through because I'm like having fun with this like Star Wars memes and people joking about Darth Vader. And then I was like, and there's a Stranger Things spoiler that I haven't oh, no. got to yet. You guys are wonderful. Be better, people. Be better. Yeah. That's the risk of such a big show. We've talked about that, this big, big deal show and trying to go week to week. I have noticed the scrolling through Facebook and just getting articles and stuff has slowed down. It's slowed down a week. little. Yeah. So that is nice. But but Star Wars comment sections, come on, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, man. Anyway, that was a weird tangent. Where That's am I? Okay. Um, <laughs> Hopper. Yeah. Uh, he, he trades his meal off to another prisoner to get the prisoner. At first I was trying to figure out exactly what he was getting to do. And what I think I put together is it wasn't that he wanted the other guy to break his ankle, but he was wanting him to hit the shackle that was on his, that was on his foot in order to misshape the shackle. To, it wasn't so to, much breaking breaking his ankle to be able to pull the shackle off and on, but it was more just to not to make the shackle misshapen. So, so he could. It off and on. So it wasn't round. It was kinda, more of yeah. a like a oval, oval like oblong or something kind something of something like that. Yeah, because because when he would go and when he would hit him, you could hear it clank on metal every right, time. Right, he's aiming for the shackle. Okay, his ankle. thank you. I'm even on my second watch. I didn't quite yeah. figure it out. So thank you. I think I think that's the piece I was missing. I was trying to figure that out. I thought, oh my god, is he breaking? Because you know, people can um, like dislocate, like in handcuffs, can like dislocate their yeah. thumbs or their you know, and be able to slide them off. And and I thought, oh, is he? like trying to break his ankle or something to be able to slide off the shackles, which, oh my God, just incredibly hard freaking scenes to watch. But yeah, I I, I think that makes this, I think that makes sense because I was like, well, if he wants him to like break his foot or his ankle to be able, which I was still trying to figure out how would that work um, Mm -hmm. and make that make sense. But um when he was hitting it, you're right, the the clang of the metal. I'm like, well, if he's 
supposed to be breaking his foot. Why is he hitting the metal? Yeah. So I think he just wanted him to misshape the the shackle itself to where it was easy. But uh-huh. yeah, breaking his ankle is going to ha- still happen, clearly. Something freaking happened. Yeah, that messed was Messed it gross. up pretty bad. Uh, which again, that is just, no, uh-uh. I don't. I don't like it. I don't do well with like body horror and like Mm-mm. kind of stuff like that. Just weird. I mean, I will take, I mean, I love the boys on Amazon prime and stuff like over the top gore, violence, bloody campy and entrails, everything. I can take it all. Give me evil dead. Give me, you know, absolutely. I love it. But there's some like the slow up close injury and torture stuff that I just can't handle. I was talking about this on run for your lives with Daphne recently. And I think I've, narrowed it down to the stuff that bothers me is the stuff that won't kill someone, but it was going to injure or hurt them a lot. Yeah. That I have a not fun time with. <laughs> yeah. I get that. I think I'm similar to that. Yeah. That was, that was tough. Tori, yeah, literally my, on my second watch, having that scene come up again, I did not watch the screen. I was like, this is the great time to take notes because I know what's happening and I don't want to watch it again. Yeah. Avert the <laughs> eyes, avert the eyes. I, yeah. I've, I've seen it enough. Yeah, that was even even without seeing the actual damage that it did to him physically, just the seeing that guy because that dude was a big guy yeah. that he he recruited to help him with that dude was just wailing on his ankle and on that shackle and Hopper like just how he was like like biting down and trying to hold that in so as not to draw attention. I mean, I. It's like you could feel it, even though you couldn't see it. Uh-huh. You just when you saw that dude pull back with that, um, I don't know what that tool is called that they were, you know, building this railroad track. I don't know. I don't know what the hell those tools are called. But as he yeah. as he pulls back on that and just wails as hard as he can, you know, you could just feel that coming through yeah. the screen. My God, he just that I didn't need to see the damage. That was enough right mm-hmm. there. Hard to watch. Or Hopper. That dude is going through some shit. Whew, yeah. Just ready for him to get back. I like. I, I hope everything with this pl- plan with Yuri and him hopping a ride back, I hope it just goes smoothly from here on out because he's he's been through enough. Just get him back to Joyce. And I would say back to Eleven, but uh, I guess that's not going to happen. Uh, we'll talk about you know that with this episode. Um, but at least get him out of there. He's he's had enough of that. He's definitely had enough of that. Uh, he's going to have some, not just medical issues, he's going to, I think, have some serious PTSD after all of this, mm-hmm. especially just uh, when he was first landed in Russia, the torture and things that he's went through and then being stuck in this camp. And I'm sure that they probably beat you for no reason in that camp, you know, even if you are on your best behavior. So just having to go through that um, and the thought of being in this foreign country and you know, I feel like Russia in the 80s was probably not the best place to be at the time. Um, so, yeah, just having to deal with all that. Plus, now he's got to figure out how to escape. And I was curious about this, the, like you said, this deal that he's he's brokered with this guard. And it sounds like that he's basically just provided him, uh, you know, with access to the smuggler who will fly him to America. And Hopper's got to get his self out. Like, he's yeah. not offering to, like, well, I'll leave a door unlocked for you. Or, you know, I'll, at the change of the guards, you know, when the guard is gone. You know, it doesn't sound like he's helping him in any other way other than yeah. 
I've 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 at, I've got this pilot, this smuggler who's going to be here at this time and this place. And yeah. if you get there at this time and place, he will take you home. Now, if you don't get there, I'm still like you said, I'm still rich, and you're still here at this prison. So I'm like, dude, he's got to figure out all this on his own. How is he going to get out of this prison? I mean, he's that sounds pretty tough. I'm I don't know how he's going to what the rest of his plan is, but it sounds like that's legit. All the help he's getting is mm-hmm. there's going to be a guy at this place and that's all I'm helping you with. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Poor Hopper. He he's, I want rainbows and unicorns for him after, after this. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm at least happy he's alive. Yeah. He needs to get back home. Shit's going down. He's, I, I was hoping he'd get reunited with 11. Like you said, I'm not sure that's going to happen, but he needs to get like back and and help out with this shit storm. Um, okay, well, I'll go on something a little bit different. And we were talking about Lucas earlier, and you know, seeing this group come back together. I we so many of our our uh, gang here, they're all scattered about and we have some people coming together and reuniting and I love it. And I think we talked last week about we're kind of getting some uh, a mashup of teams and duos that we haven't got yeah. to see before. And I'm so digging it. It's it's I love that they're giving us this because we're getting some connections here of these duos or teams that we haven't seen together before. And it's really working. And uh, specifically uh, Robin and Nancy, they're so great together. And I love that they can just pair up whoever they want on this show. And they all seem to have really great chemistry. And, you know, I don't think that we really saw a lot of, um, they shared the screen in season three, but I don't think they had a lot of interaction or conversations one-on-one, but we got to yeah. see that with Robin and Nancy in this episode. And it, it came about because, you know, Nancy learned last episode of this Victor Creel uh, person who whose family seemed to have died under very similar circumstances uh, as Chrissy had. And now things have really amped up because Fred, they have found Fred. So, of course, that's really put the the town on edge. That's definitely got these uh, basketball players like really amped up. It's it's continuing. So she wants to go chase this lead, get more about Victor Creel, which I, I love Nancy. She's definitely got this investigative journalist spirit about her. And yeah. they end up pairing off because Robin can't drive. <laughs> <laughs> that that whole interaction was really funny to me uh yeah i with steve just like i'm gonna go with with nancy mm-hmm. and, and i don't think you want me driving your car why not i don't have a license why don't you have a license i'm poor uh <laughs> and then max going i can drive you go, no never again please anybody but you no <laughs> like, we've seen max drive <laughs> yeah yeah, they were, and then Dustin's like, ah, and he's like, not a chance. Uh, I love how he's just left with, nope, he's got to drive his own car. Always the Always babysitter. The babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. <Yep. laughs> yeah, so it was it was good. It worked out, you know, um, get the girls together. And it's perfect. These two, you know, they put their brains together. These two smart 
capable young women going off and chasing this lead. And I know Robin had her doubts. She's kind of like, well, what are you expecting to find? And do you really believe this? You know, do you really think it's going to lead anywhere? But Nancy's holding strong. And they actually do, you know, between the two of them, kind of read between the lines from the real news, which didn't have anything, obviously, in there about, you know, demons and, you know, any any of this stuff, just kind of the basic facts. And, of course, you know, assuming because he, he was convicted um, that Victor was the one responsible and it couldn't have possibly been anything else. But Robin had this really great idea to look in. Um, this, I'm guessing it's like one of those, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to think, it was it Weekly World News or something, I think, back in the day. It's kind of like a National Enquirer kind yeah. of news tabloid kind of thing. I don't even know if those are still around anymore, but I remember seeing them. My grandmother had a thing for, she would sometimes have some of these. It wasn't the one as like the Globe or something like that. Maybe. maybe I don't. I, I remember as a kid seeing yeah. the, the, ta- the tabloid things that were like the most ridiculous thing. Yes. Like Hillary Clinton is part cyborg and does you know, like whatever. Bizarre headlines yeah. that you're just like, <laughs> what's happening? You know? Um, so I love that, that Robin was the one that kind of thought of this. It reminded me a little bit of, um, and I think this is considered a spoiler or a big, big talking point from the movie, but in men in black, the first one, when Will Smith first becomes a a man in black and he's out with Tommy Lee Jones and he's like, well, we're going to go find out the word on the street. And he's like, well, what's the word on the street? Got to check out the news. And he goes to local newsstand and he grabs like all the tabloid newspapers instead of like the legit newspapers, like the the New York times or, you know, the post or something like that. And he's like, what are you, those are, those are gossip magazines. What are you doing? And, you know, he's like, oh, all the good stuff is in here, you know, and that's what it totally reminded me of that Robin mm-hmm. kind of relies on that same thing. Because it's like if you're if you're going to be talking about demons and like possession or something like that, it's going to be in here. And she was so right because they came across that and actually found out um, kind of that this went back to like 1959. So this yeah. is how long, at least that we know of. I will preface it with that we that we know or were aware that Vecna has been around. You know, Victor Creel saying that this demon possessed his house. It got angry. It killed his family. Of course, no one believed him, so he was declared insane and then locked away. Mm-hmm. And I was looking when we see Vecna in the Upside Down. We, I, I mentioned it last week, like, who's in this house? What is this house? I don't think we've ever seen this house before. They showed a picture of Victor Creel's house, and it was the same yeah. house. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was like, there's the answer to my question. What the hell is this house? It's, it was, it's Victor Creel's house, but it's the house in the Upside Down. So what is it about this house? Do you think it's something special about this house? Could there be this gate or a portal or something? Uh, was Vecna there before Victor Creel was ever there? Like, maybe... Vecna was already there and his family moved in and and or or did it come after Victor and his family lived there I I, I hope we get some of those answers I don't know if it's important but yeah I have wonder no if it's something idea, about that you know, house what it is that has Vecna targeting that exact location or whether yeah like whether he was there before or after or there was a certain connection to the place yeah I don't know 
Yeah, and it may not. I, it could just be, hey, this is where I'm kind of hanging out. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. But it seems like there's something special that has tied him to that house. I mean, he's looked up to the Matrix at this yeah, house. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> something I feel that's a little special about this location is what I'm the vibe I'm getting anyway. I could be completely off base. Wouldn't be the first time. Total speculation. But I love that it was Robin and Nancy that have put this together. So I'm really, really hoping that somehow we are finally going to get, cause we're going into episode four and at least as far as the split, we got, we've got what seven episodes in the first half here. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. not even really a half, but this first section of the season. So we're almost at the halfway point, at least at this, this part. Yeah. I'm hoping we're going to get, get to meet this Victor Creel and kind of hear his side of the story and kind of get some more info. But love, love the, the the team effort with Robin and Nancy. I think they were great. I love the conversation where Robin, she's so funny and kind of this awkwardness. And I, I just totally get her. I feel like I can be so weird and awkward and unfiltered sometimes. And I'm not great about social cues sometimes either. And I just blah, 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 blah. And I love that she just like spills the beans to Nancy, like she's kind of getting a vibe from her. And she's like, hey, I know you and Jonathan are a thing, but um, if it makes any difference to you, Steve and I are just friends. Because totally picking up a thing here, you know, um, between them two. And I love that she tries to tell her, like, there's nothing going on. We are completely platonic with a capital P. And she tries to do everything that she can to convince her that her and Steve are not a thing. And she has zero interest in Steve. Because she's gay. You know, she still can't say... Steve's like the only one that knows. He doesn't even tell Dustin. You know, when Dustin... Yeah, I loved that little moment where... Yeah. Because Dustin was like... You know, because Dustin's giving Steve shit about that. Because you see whenever they split... Mm -hmm. At that time we talked about where they have to, you know... Nancy and and Robin go their way. And then there's like this look between Steve and Nancy that is pretty evident. And you can tell that Robin and Dustin both clock it. And so I like that then later on they have their own separate conversations about it. And yeah, with Dustin being like, you know, you're still hung up on uh, Nancy. And he's like, that's the only reason you were, you're not dating Robin right now. And he's like, well, there's other reasons, but he leaves it at that. And I like, I was like, good, good guy, Steve. It's yeah. very far from what was, you know, dubbed Steve, the D with you and Sean way yeah. <laughs> before, you know, where it's like, he's, he's a good friend where like, he's not going to out Robin. That's not his place without her consent, without it was like, that's not his place. So exactly. I love that he's just like, we're just friends and there's reasons and that's all you get to go. That, that's all you know. Like, that's it. Just there's reasons. That's it. <laughs> yeah. We gave Steve a really, really hard time in season one. And after rewatching, it's like, you know what? It's, there were there were a couple of uh, asshole moments Steve had for sure in season one. But when you go back yeah. and you watch, you kind of see he, he was kind of justified in a couple of things. You kind of saw his side of, uh, of, of things and why he would give shit to Jonathan about what he did. What Jonathan did in season one was pretty creepy with the whole stalker thing and camera in the woods and major, you know, yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to rationalize for people for bad behavior or anything like that, but I really do think that if, if, when you rewatch, you kind of see Steve wasn't really all that bad in season one, he got a bit of a bad rap and, you know, there were probably moments, um, I might have been too hard on him too, but after my rewatch, I was like, "Yeah, he he was a, a, a he ended up being more of a good guy than what I gave him credit for, and he definitely really evolved into a really great character." And you know, I I'm glad he's still still around because he's great, and yeah, 
and and just fun. I love that relationship still with him and Dustin too. I like how they, you know, kind of had that little bickering moment, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, too far, too far." And they had the little fist bump, and that yeah. it was like, "Okay, we're all good now." You know, that's it. And and that's yeah. when you know they have a true like strong relationship those two when when they can have a moment like oh hey that was too far oh yeah okay yeah you're right i'm sorry fist bump we're good it's done you know move on yeah i I love that their relationship because it's all yeah because you know they'll poke at each other at each other's expense but yeah but even he's like she's in it's like i'm missing collarbones not eyes uh the collarbones (laughs) yes and then when he's Kind of talking about, you know, yeah, because you're still hung up on Nancy. He's like, why are you implying that? He goes, not implying, stating. Uh, <laughs> I love those two. Yeah. It's, Steve's, it's great. Steve's the big brother Dustin uh, needed, for sure. Okay, oh, what is your next point? I'm actually just going to continue on with that. I have okay. kind of the, the gang, and you, you focus a lot more on Nancy and Robin, and so I can kind of go on the other side. But I kind of threw it all into one big point just because – our, our, our crew and I was like ah, what do I call them like because we have like the little scoops troop that like was the like trio that kind of went off and there's like different groups but when they're mostly all together I was like what what is this and then I was thinking you know this season specifically takes a lot of you know like Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff but also it yes. is a big part of you know dealing with fear and, and guilt and shame and it's like this mental trauma and mental game yeah so I was like, this is kind of our very own losers club here, you know? Mm, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of what they are. So I just wanted to talk about them a little bit. I love it, is they're all together talking with Eddie, breaking down what's going on. And like, oh, but you don't have anything to worry about. We, we, we definitely have this on lock. So enjoy your honeycomb and your yoohoo because we're, gonna, <laughs> we're brainstorming guy. here. <laughs> he's, he's just, just like, like, I'm fucked, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's just like, this is not going to work out. <laughs> Dustin's like, it's all good. We've got this under control. Yeah. <laughs> we're brainstorming right now. We're, we're going to figure out how to kill this supernatural monster that nobody living has ever seen, even though we don't have our, our super-powered girl. But easy peasy. We'll get it. And he's like, what am I in the middle of? <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> And and then on the other side, yeah, you talked about like Nancy, which, you know, when they find Fred's body, she's being questioned and then the rest of them pull up and she's so happy to see Steve and them pull up. Uh, oh, man, wasn't that great? One, it's like she knows she has support and she has friends to lean on. But then two, she's like, clearly because they're all together, they figured something out and like something's going on that's probably upside down related. And that means we can get an angle on it. Uh, yeah, that was so definitely she's a little relieved. <laughs> I think it was a bittersweet moment. I think she was super happy in that moment because of what happened with Fred. And she's probably scared out of her mind in that moment. And so she's like, oh, there's my friends. That makes me feel good and gives them that nice little way. But at the same time, oh, shit, if, if these guys are all coming together and they're at, they're coming to me, something's happened. Something's, something's, something's going on. Yeah. yeah. And then as she's like focusing on them and the officer's still talking to her, I was like, how many times can Powell say the words picnic table? Um, <laughs> so many. Um, but yeah, and then them just trying to put all the clues together. I like the, you know, well, they were both at the game and when, and they were both near the trailer park. And then Steve went, we're at the trailer park. Uh, should we maybe not be here? I, like I mean, <laughs> it is kind of interesting. I, I'm glad that you mentioned that. I, I thought of that and I don't think I put it in my notes, but it, I, I feel like a lot centered around that house, but I do wonder if there is something about that trailer park. They both, I know that they were experiencing things 
or, or well, we don't know, I guess, about Fred. We only saw Fred have yeah. this uh, hallucination when they got to the trailer park. We don't know yeah. what was happening to him before because we didn't see that, but we did with Chrissy. But they both died near and around the trailer park. And yeah. just as a quick note, I, I do have this as a note that when we go back, we got another look there at the Munson trailer. There was a crack up in the ceiling where Chrissy died. And it looks like it might be like a really small gate to back to the upside down again. So I'm yeah. wondering if there is something special about just that location that, yeah, you know. Places that Vecna like kills his victims or is that <sighs> when he grows stronger, is it somehow like another like a portal that he can open to get back into the world? Like, right. Yeah, I don't. No, but that's curious. Really yeah, it's just curious. Just wanted to point it out. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then a lot of the stuff, we, you know, you talked about with Robin and Nancy and, and even Steve and kind of their thing. Yeah, and you love, yeah, Robin driving Nancy a little bonkers. It's like, you gotta feel for Robin because <laughs> she knows that she's a lot and she can't always help it. <laughs> she is. And it's like, she's you know, so I've, I've known a number of those people. You know, I probably am those people sometimes. Um, so... Hey. <laughs> right here, raising my hand right here. I'm a lot sometimes. Yeah. And and then yeah, you talked about you know the looking into the, all the conspiracy kind of articles and finding really kind of the answer that you know Creel is claiming there was this demon involved that they tried to exercise the demon and it didn't work, but the demon got angry and killed his family and then left him behind as kind of a punishment, leaving him to take the fall. So there's like a vengeful spirit kind of thing to it, which is interesting. And. Then let's see. Uh, yeah, really, the only thing is, yeah, when they realize that uh, Vecna has been active since at least 59, other kids are breaking into the therapist's office at school, partaking in Hawkins Gate, as Dustin's calling it. <laughs> uh, and then that's, yeah, when they realize not only Chrissy was seeing Mrs. Kelly, but also Fred was seeing him, and Max is putting all of these little things together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max. That's kind Max. of a whole different point if you have it. Yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah, but, oh. But yeah, this is just you know our, our, our losers club kind of here. Uh, I love them. They're, they're on the case, and I I just I forget you know between seasons when I'm not watching the show just how much I love this cast of characters, especially the kids and like our main like group of kids here. They're they're just all so great, and the way that they have interactions with each other, and especially now that there's still ways that they can spin them off into duos and stuff that we haven't seen yet, and to see the way that they work with each other, it's just such a great cast and such a great group of characters the collaboration is fantastic like i said it's it feels like that no matter who they split off into these little duo and or 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 smaller teams you know because we still have some of our our people i mean i I think 11 is headed back that way but her and will and mike i mean mike's just visiting but right now he's in california so some of them are kind of split out from the group uh, but you know, with these, we, you know, Max has been a newcomer since season two. We've got Robin as of season three. I think she has just been a fantastic addition. I'm absolutely just in love with Maya Hawk. She's so great. She's like so her mother. I mean, she's definitely got both mm-hmm. of her parents' uh, ability. Someone I saw online, like said, the freaking memes are everywhere. And this wasn't necessarily a meme, but it was just this shot of, of, Maya Hawk as Robin in Stranger Things and she's got um, kind of her hair done in a certain way and the look on her face and then there's like a side by side of Uma Thurman with a very similar look on her face and her hair mm. done in the same way and she's like oh my god I saw that one she's so yeah. yeah isn't it just perfect like oh my god she's so hard and I love Uma Thurman huge <laughs> fan just I think she's uh, amazing Ethan Hawk as well um, but anyway uh, I think she's been a fantastic addition um, 
you know, to, to our group and our... At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Core group, and I think they all just really vibe well together. Their energy is just fantastic in the chemistry. I'm with you. It was so, so, so great getting this show back. It's really just like, I don't know, it means so, so much to have it back, even if I wasn't podcasting on it. You know, just you forget how much these kids mean and and this chemistry that they all have in this entire cast. It's been it's been great. It's been just amazing for me on a personal note to have it back. Um, So, yeah, it was it's it's really great to see them all working together again as as they do trying to figure it out and save the world, you know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, was that all that you had for that point? Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to talk about Dr. Sam Owens um, because, right. you know, when when he showed up in as the new head of Hawkins Lab in season two, I remember I, he came on the scene and I was like, nah, I don't trust you. Right. Uh, and my reasoning for that goes way back to Aliens mm-hmm. and his character in that, if you know, you know. But oh, yeah. I remember that conversation. You're like, it's Paul Reiser. It's not going to be good. He's not going to be a good guy. Yeah. Like, don't, don't trust you. <laughs> nope. Not having it. But I was totally wrong. You know, uh, I feel because I, I feel like where he straight up in season two, where he straight up calls out that other scientist and said, because he's this other scientist is like, well, if it kills the boy, it kills the boy, you know, because that's when Will was being possessed by the mind flayer. And yeah. You know, they were talking about clearing out the, um, I don't know what you call it, like this overgrowth of the upside down, you know, just like spreading. And they were out there like setting fire to it, trying to clean it up and, and get it to, to, to go away, to, to kill it. But it was hurting Will. And they're like, well, if it kills him, it kills him. And uh, Dr. Owens looks at him and says, say that to me again. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, this guy's different. I, he, okay, you got me. So this dude's just chilling. In, in Ruth, Nevada. I don't know if that's a real place or not, but it looks fairly isolated. And this Lieutenant, Lieutenant Colonel Solomon tracks him down and threatens him. And I really thought he was going to give it up. I mean, I was kind of scared because I'm like, I don't know, this is pretty intimidating. I mean, there's definitely been some some of our characters being tested here. You know, we've got Lucas and the peer pressure from the, you know, the basketball team, which maybe a little bit of a lighter than being threatened by the, the government and the military, you know, when they come, <laughs> come straight to your door on a, in a freaking helicopter. But still, there's different levels of, of pressure going on here. But I was really excited to see that he did not give up Elle. And not only does he not give her up, he, I guess, still has some resources available. Because, yeah. as you said, as they're running off with Elle, I, legally illegally i don't know but they've got her in this van and they're running (laughs) off with her taking her away i think to juvie and there's these unmarked cars pulling up i immediately thought oh shit that lieutenant colonel and his people found her they've done whatever digging they need to find out who 
uh, uh, Sam Owens has been talking to and has found her. But it ends up being Dr. Owens. And when he said, hey, kiddo, oh, I was like, mm-hmm. yes, yes. I was like rooting and cheering. It was late at night, but I, that just really got my blood pumping um, seeing that. It was really, really exciting. So I'm like, what does he know about what's going on? He sees those pictures, and I know that he's totally lying to this uh, this Solomon guy, right? But the, when he's talking to Elle, it, it, it almost seems like he kind of – knows what's going on i don't know or maybe it's just right. maybe it's just seeing the pictures themselves knowing that it's something supernatural and it has to be something involving the upside down maybe that's all it is but it just felt like he knew a little bit more yeah about what I mean, was how going long on. has he been working with with that lab and with brenner what yeah what does he know about what's been going on there and what you know different things could have happened because I mean, we don't did they deal with the upside down in any capacity before 11 opened that first portal or not we, i don't don't remember. I don't I think don't so, think but I'm so. not sure. Because I think, L, or at least we think, or we're supposed to think that L is the one that opened it up, in in, yeah. in what she did, is, is and she's the one that opened the gate. So we're we're under the presumption that it didn't exist until, or at least the 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 gate to the other side didn't exist until she opened it in season one. Yeah, but again, with Vecna. It feels like it goes back way farther than that. Um, But anyway, love, love, love the pep talk that he gives her in this cafe, wherever they are, this diner, this cafe. I want him to give me a pep talk anytime I have something big to do in my life (laughs) and I need someone to be like, you know, you got this and I've got you and and we're going to do this together. And and I'm like, oh, man, I was into it. I was engaged. And I love Paul Reiser. Like I said, his his freaking character in aliens was a freaking weasel trade traitorous weasel but all in all i love paul reiser um mad about you oh i was all in that um so i think he's he's fantastic his speech was amazing i think that's just what l needed to hear i was very curious he said l is the cure Uh huh. not sure where that's gonna go but I think that this journey is going to be really important for Elle. And I know you touched on it when you were talking about her or, 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 or talking about her earlier. And I think I mentioned it too. She's going to be on this new journey now, I think, to discover herself. And I love that he's giving her this opportunity. Like, you know, you. I don't believe that you're the monster. I think you're the superhero. And I think, you know, you're you're going to be the one. You know, I'm 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 banking on the fate of this planet that you were one of the good guys. And I love this because he's the one person giving her the support that she needs, that the, the words that she needs to hear, that someone is in her corner. Cause I think she's really feeling like she has no one in her corner and no one yeah. understands her. And, you know, I was talking earlier that I don't think that L can ever have just like a normal life. I mean, I would love that for her if, if, if she were able to, you know, to have a family, to have a mom, a dad, or a, a, some sort of family structure, whatever that looks like for her. But people like Dr. Owens is what she knows. And he, you know, he says, yeah. he's like, you know, people like me have been telling you what to do your whole life. So if this isn't something that you want to do, I totally get it. If you don't trust me, I totally get it. Um, and he, you know, he kind of lays it all out online, but that's what she knows. That's, that's how she was raised and all she knows. So, but I, I think this is going to be an interesting next step for her. It feels like we're kind of getting this story, like this is the next phase. The first three episodes were kind of like this first chapter in the story and we're kind of moving on into the next. So I think this is great. But I, I'll say that 
I was not expecting part of Dr. Owen's plan because I totally burst out in the part of his speech when he's like, what if I told you there was a way? And it cuts to a montage of him pulling out this this super secret laptop <laughs> with this <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 I hacked into the mainframe and I can get your powers back. Yeah, it's a little little cheesy, but yeah. <laughs> we'll go with it. <laughs> I was like, okay, you had me, and then I think you lost me for just a few seconds there. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> he, he he brought me back in with the rest of his speech, yeah. but there for a few for a few seconds, like, he kind of lost me. I'm like, what? Wait a minute. What is this? There's a computer program that gives her her powers back. What is? I hope they explain this and make it better um because it is a little weird you're like nope okay <laughs> i mean is it just i mean is he just storing some information on how to do it or is there like some sort of computer program that's going to get her her powers back it sounds a little wonky yeah. i'm not sure yeah i hope we get some so he he really had me and i'm like yes dr owens and then i get that i'm like okay wait a minute what and then he brought me back <laughs> in so i don't know i i want to kind of yeah. see how that plays out obviously but um i just thought that was kind of a funny moment in this very serious you know, um, pep talk that he's giving Elle to to bring her to his side and let's go save the world, you know? Yeah. So it's, I, I'm, I'm interested to see where all of this goes now that she's with him. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you talked about, you know, the, the military showing up and they, they are theorizing that Eleven is behind what's happening in Hawkins where they're like, well, she's been trained and and tested to be a, this remote assassin. Yes. And these people are dying and nobody's around. So clearly it has to be her. And mm-hmm. so they're, they're on her case where even that, uh, you said Lieutenant Colonel tells, you know, or doesn't, doesn't tell uh, Owens, but after he is leaving Owens and he's talking to whoever he has, and he's like, you know, they'll, he'll lead us right to the girl. And I was, I'm still a little worried about that. Cause I'm like, I hope Owens is being careful going out and recruiting L and bringing her into this. Cause I'm sure the military is still on to him and is like, is this something they're still going to have to deal with is while he's bringing 11 in to do what needs to be done. Is the government still going to be trying to, to interfere? Uh, (laughs) I'm I'm a little worried about that. I'd be worried if someone was following him or keeping an eye on him or something and tracking him or something that they're going to find out what he's up to. Yeah. They gave us those little flashbacks of a season one with her taking out all the agents in the lab there and i was yeah. like oh man Whew. i cool stuff uh yeah brutal. yeah <laughs> I, oh gosh that was quite quite some impactful moments you kind of forget that when you go back and rewatch that you're like wow you forget how impactful that was but yeah i don't know yeah. but it, it's just interesting to hear him say because i feel like does l have this deeper connection to the upside down than what we think you yeah, know because I mean, he's like very much like you are the only person who can fight this evil. Yeah. So it's like, is she, is she more than what we, I mean, clearly Elle is very special I and mean, I'm not discounting that by any means, but like, is, is, is she somehow more connected to the upside down than what we maybe originally thought uh, that right. she was, especially with, with, with the words that he was saying to her. I don't know. I feel like there's something there. Yeah. I feel like there's something there. What is your next point? Or is it your turn? Yeah, I think it is, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. because mine was at Dr. Owens. Go ahead. I'm going to talk about Joyce and Murray. Uh (laughs) Yeah, another dynamic duo. Love those guys. Yes. I think I had the two of them as a point last uh, last week as well. But again, just they're so great together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Love how, you know, to top off a rough day at the rink, 
Uh, our gang gets home just to find Murray in his <laughs> apron and his risotto. God, I which by the way I love risotto. Oh, like, yeah, can uh, we just hit, please have let, some let Murray's have risotto? Some. Yes, because strangely, strangely, I feel like Murray makes a killer risotto. I bet he does. I don't know why. It just seems fitting. It um, does. I mean, Argyle says it's schmackin', so it must be pretty good. <laughs> schmackin', uh, really? Is it <laughs> stress? Right? Like, I still don't know who this guy <laughs> yeah. is. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, which I thought it was interesting. Joyce and Murray both decide not to tell the kids any of what's going on with the Hopper situation. Mm. Um, they talk about it on the plane a little bit. Not why she did it, but that, you know, he says, I think you made the right call. My theory, my thought is it's probably just she doesn't want to give them any false hope. She wants to make sure that everything's legit. Especially L, yeah. And that they actually can get Hopper before they're just like, hey, we're going to Alaska, so we'll- Hopper is still alive. You know, by the way, Hopper's alive and we're going to to Alaska to go pick him up from some fisherman. You know, yeah, just let's make sure everything's legit. Let's get that. And then it's a great surprise and it's something great for the kids if it's true. Exactly. And Murray brings that up as a good point whenever they're flying. which says, you know, you made the right call. He says, because your children, bless their mis- mischievous souls, they like to get involved. <laughs> it's like, yeah, better just sure leave do. them out of this one. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I think it's just to keep their, you know, not giving them false hopes. But uh, they, so they come up instead with this story that, yeah, Murray just happens to be in the area. So he stopped by for the night. And then all of a sudden, Joyce has a business trip for a conference in Alaska she has to go to. I mean, you know, that's where the Britannicas live. Everybody knows that, the company right? That's, yeah. The company that's run by Joan and Brian Britannica. It's based in Alaska. <laughs> Everyone knows. Um, yeah. Joyce, come on. <laughs> She's laying it on a little thick. Treva uh, Murray's like, okay, that's enough. Yeah, let's um, stop there. <laughs> don't get ahead of yourself. Uh, yeah, and then when we talked about Elle being arrested, I was like, of course it's the worst time for them to be in the air on a plane uh, because they can't be reached. Which there's that quick little tease because the, the flight attendant comes over and is like, excuse me, ma'am. And I was like, oh, maybe they're still on the ground and they're going to catch her right in time before she leaves. Right. And then it was like, oh, you, you just need to you need to put your seatbelt on. And then it pans out to show that they are midair flying. I was like, oh, dang. No, yep. no hope. They, they are they uh, gone. <laughs> which, again, uh, Joyce just seems so shocked when Murray says, you know, when he's like, what are they going to, you know, well, now the worst is they're going to. Play too much Nintendo, eat too much junk food, smoke some ganja, pound some beers, experiment sexually. And she's like, what? But it's especially the ganja part. And it's like, are you not aware, lady? I, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. She's got some extreme denial going on here, I think. And I mean, come on. I feel like. Jonathan didn't register anything that she said, any of the conversation until she's like, well, you're in charge now. And he's like, what? He's like. While she's in Alaska, you're going to Alaska? The Britannicas? Like, he's so out. It's like, what's wrong with you? And Murray's like, I don't know what's wrong with him. <laughs> oh, my God. Murray was just absolute gold uh, during this dinner scene. This whole dinner scene was just pure joy for me. Yeah. So it's like, again, he's like, smoke ganja. And she's like, what? Like, I'm like, mm, come on. You, you're not that blind to it, are you? Really? Uh, but yeah, and then I, I talked about me looking up how long of a, a flight that was because that's what I do. Um, and then I looked at that flight attendant just assumes that they're married and Joyce doesn't correct her. She's like, it's like, oh, so you and your husband, what are you going to Alaska for? And she's like, oh, we're going to visit an old friend. And she's leaving it at that. She's like, whatever. Uh, 
and then whatever food that was served on the plane. Uh, I'm not 100% sure what that was even supposed to be. Uh, she even looks at it like, oh, okay. I guess I'm going to attempt to eat that now. Which I've only had in-flight meals like once or twice when I flew internationally. Because uh, it's kind of the much longer flights that get that. Right. Thankfully, I believe they were better than that. Um, I was like, ooh, man. Uh, but yeah, and then when she's worried about when they land... And she's going to grab her carry-on and, like, some of the money sticking out. She's like, oh, shit. And she's, like, worried about people seeing this, like, 40K she's got in her bag. I was like, oh, man, back in the day when that bag wouldn't have already been scanned several times and before she could have even gotten into the airport. Like, Pretty sure there are restrictions <laughs> with how much cash you are able to, ca- like, carry on without – I don't know all the technicalities because I've never carried or had that much cash to just right. – carry on but there's something i know that you like you're only allowed a certain amount i remember overhearing that yeah. at the air- airport because <laughs> apparently somebody on my flight was carrying a large amount of cash with them I'm like you might want to be a little bit more quiet <laughs> about that by the way but right. so briefcase full of cash probably something sketchy going on there. yeah uh, uh but yeah they made it to beautiful snowy alaska this is spring <laughs> yeah that's that's my reaction murray's reaction right? was my reaction. <laughs> <laughs> this is spring because <laughs> i hate the cold i hate the freaking cold weather and snow it's screw it so yeah his his reaction was amazing yeah but yeah so that's really just kind of that last point that i had is just love that they are so much fun to watch together. <laughs> I just really, yeah, it brings me joy with 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 so much like darkness and scary moments. It's still really scary. Vecna is still, I think, really scary. Um, it's it's fun to get some of these lighthearted moments because uh, I don't know that we'll get very many more of them. I feel like as the story continues, we might we might get you know f- fewer uh, those. Yeah. So. Anyway, yeah, it's the the whole dinner scene was just amazing. Mur- good on Murray. You know, he knows that Jonathan is absolutely stoned out of his mind, but he doesn't blow it. He plays it cool, yeah. which tells me Murray's always got your back. You know, yeah. Murray's got you. John knows Jonathan's the only one that when they walked in and saw Murray there, that everybody was like staring at him like, what's going on? He goes, hi, Murray. Like Jonathan's the only one that was like, oh, hey. <laughs> yeah. I, I loved it. Yeah, like you said, that, that whole conversation where Jonathan's like, you know, the Britannicas. Mm, and she's like, Jonathan, what's wrong with you? And she's like, and, and yeah, Murray's like, I think I know what's wrong with him. And he's like, we just had a super stressful day. And he goes, stress, huh? And he goes, oh, yeah, this girl got smacked in the head today at the roller rink. And he goes, smacked. Okay, you know, he's just totally <laughs> playing it off. And right. good on Murray. He's He's got your back. So... Yeah, I love those two together, too. Man, Argyle loves that word, schmack. Schmacked. He said it so many times. I mean, that's all I'm going to say from now on. It's. Uh, I know. You know. I was like, that needs to be a new thing in 2022, for sure. Like, like that, let that catch on. Everybody's saying that. Yeah. Because, yeah, you got schmacked in the head, schmacking them with a roller skate. This risotto is schmacking. It's schmacking. Yeah. Yep, that's it for me. Uh, my last point is really just Max. Uh, I, I know we kind of talked about her earlier when when they do make it to the counselor's office and and she knew obviously that yes Chrissy had been seeing her too but then they when they're looking through the files and they see that Fred uh, had been going there too they start looking through the files and we're seeing all those same symptoms that Max has been talking about and we know that 
There has been some trauma and guilt and shame in Fred's past. There has been some guilt and shame for Chrissy. I don't know if there was, and I, I, I think that would be tr- qualified as trauma too. I think that when you have a mother fat shaming you and basically, you know, yeah. putting you or, or, or downing you so much that you develop an eating disorder because of it, then that could be considered trauma. Very much like Max has went through her own trauma uh, from that as well. I'm curious though about the symptoms, um, the nosebleeds. I feel, I don't know. I, I just feel I it's feel connected. Like a lot of it, I feel like a lot of it is some of these people, these, they're already targeted. Well, we saw him. Uh, Like I said, he's connected to this matrix. He's like connected to the matrix and he's like sending out these signals and scanning people's brains or thoughts. Yeah, it was like, which is funny because there was a Cerebro reference because that's what Dustin has called his satellite, like his like radio that he like listens to the police and stuff through Cerebro. But that's what Vecna, that's what that was, was like Professor X using Cerebro Cerebro yeah, like find other mutants. Is he's like tapping into like the mental levels like he's finding pain he's finding the vulnerable yeah people and then because we see him going into patrick one of the basketball players yep because that's when the nosebleed starts happening is he picked him out because you can kind of hear the trauma is going on is apparently his dad has told him he's ashamed of him and he's an embarrassment to the family because he's drinking and partying all the time and vecna is able to tap into that and then so once he goes into that he's tapped into him as kind of a victim the nosebleed starts so maybe vecna's been watching max for a while now. Yeah, I'm guessing he, she's been on his his radar for some time uh, because it sounds like she's been experiencing these symptoms for for a little while. At least when she's talking to the counselor, that's what I gathered anyway. But I I, I don't know. There's something about the nosebleeds of Vecna's victims, or at least maybe potential victims, um, and then Elle's nosebleeds. Mm-hmm. When she used when she would use her powers, I don't that it's a similar kind of I, I don't power. I don't know, yeah. but I, I just I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there and seeing what sticks. It just it's like, I don't know, there could be and maybe and I'm speculating and I'm again, probably totally wrong. But she she starts seeing their files and it's probably for her very similar looking at her own because she sees a lot of the same things there and then we hear Vecna's voice I don't know who's voicing this dude but kudos to this guy he's 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 definitely hitting my trigger uh you know for sure and then she hears the ticking of the clock she sees the clock hears his name again before the screen goes black and I mean, it's a very short, short point for me because that's kind of where, where it ends there. But I'm just thinking, holy mm-hmm. shit, we've seen what happens to Chrissy. We've seen what happens to Fred. Vecna doesn't mess around. He seems to act pretty quickly. Once you kind of get to these points, it seems uh, he acts fast. So I'm really kind of scared for Max. I love her. I don't want anything to happen to her. So I hope that they can figure it, figure something out before something happens to her. Because um, I, yeah, I think she's great. It was- as soon as, yeah, she's walking the hallways alone with the clock embedded in the wall that max. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, fuck, not good. Because I'm thinking of like the other scenarios, the other, the other kids. I was like, I just know she's still, it's like she's sitting in that room mm-hmm. in the, like in, in that trance like state, tranced yeah. out. And I'm like, you hurt my girl, Max. And I swear to God, I'm going to flip shit. You better watch it. Like, I'm just like, mm. no kidding. 
not having it. Uh, I'm, I'm very scared for her. And I was like, I need, I need more. I need to know what's going on. Don't hurt my girl. I know. Don't hurt it's, my Mad Max. I love her. Uh, it's rough. She's so, oh, she's so great. And just, yeah, everything she's been through, which again, with what we've learned about Vecna, I mean, she is the perfect mm-hmm. target, the perfect victim for him. And that's, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she's got some great stuff in this episode, you know, her, making kind of the plan knowing that Chrissy had seen Miss Kelly, that she goes to Miss Kelly's house to, to talk with her and to try to get some information. And then, which you notice the ticking clock Yep, that they focus on while she's talking to Miss Kelly. And I'm like, don't, I know. No, nope. uh, <laughs> but yeah, she's trying to get that information is very much like, well, we can't talk about anything that Chrissy said and she's pushing on a little bit, but she's not going to budge. So she just, you know, uses the old, you know, Go to the restroom and then sneak out. Just gonna borrow these for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, whatever works. Um, But yeah, man, it's just (sighs) I'm so scared. I know, so scared for Max. I'm really scared for her. Um, do you have any notes? Oh yeah, I've got notes. Um, this one. uh, Let's see. We've, We've talked about Argyle and Jonathan with their schmacked in, in, in stony ways but there's one other thing um what, what, what do we call this uh let's experiment on strange indeed on uh argyle's pizza surfer boy pizza whatever truck that he drives oh, no. there is a phone number on that <laughs> pizza truck did you dial what well, is 805-45-PIZZA so i'm gonna dial it now <laughs> and we're gonna see what happens when you call when you call uh the truck let's see let's go on speaker here surfer boy pizza this is argyle speaking we make everything fresh here at surfer boy except for our pineapple which comes from a can but i still highly recommend slapping some juicy pineapple on your pie oh fruit on your pizza is gnarly you well, I say try before you deny. Hello? <laughs> and then it hangs up after that. That's amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> they really do think of everything. Yep. <laughs> I don't know how well all of that picked up on the mic, but if it didn't pick up great, yeah, call call. call if, if it didn't yeah. pick up and you didn't hear it, then just call it yourself. 805-45-PIZZA. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Which, if you don't know how to type pizza, you're too young. Um, <laughs> oh man, I didn't even think about that. Oh. Yeah, but man, uh, <laughs> back in the day, back in the hey, try doing that on a rotary. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love my grandmother's uh. rotary phone. Anyway, continue. So uh, let's see if I had any uh, with Owen stuff. We just see that Owen's like agents or whatever that were with him when they stopped the van and mm-hmm. they're waiting outside the diner. They show up at the buyer's house also there at the end. And I was like, they're going to fill the boys in on what's going on. Right. Right. I hope somebody Please tell me they have to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then let's see. Um, just kind of some other random notes. I think we've talked about most of them. Um, Mike and L, like I said, the dick move that he made. But I'm glad that he does go back to talk to her. Um, it's understandable. Actually, I mean, yeah, I was pretty mad at him for that behavior. But when he went and explained and apologized to her, I was like, okay, that probably was kind of scary 
to see her act in that way and didn't know how to how to react to that so i'm like okay you know i gave him some shit but i understand where he's coming from so yeah and i had to give him credit for being an attentive active listener like he was letting her get her thoughts out and where he would say something and she'd go no you don't know and he was like what is it that i don't understand then let me know like Mm -hmm. he was engaging and i was like Mike, I don't know where you've learned these communication skills, but you are killing it, my dude. Mrs. Byers, uh, <laughs> his mother, who I absolutely love. Um, she, you know. Oh, uh, uh, no, uh, not Byers. What did you say? Uh, oh, not Byers. She? Shit. Um, um, Wheeler, 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 Mrs. Wheeler. Oh, my God. Yeah, not yeah. Mrs. Byers. That's Joyce. Uh, Mrs. Yeah. Wheeler. God, what what was her name? We, we, we've seen her with her. I remember fucking Ted. Uh, but yeah, what was her? Yeah, we'll never forget Ted. Well, we got we got yeah. her amazing blonde permed hairdo. Her hairstyle is very different than what it was in season three. Uh, but we haven't got a whole lot of her. But anyway, I admired how attentive she was to her kids. Like Ted was definitely yes. uh, a, a parent who's disconnected, I feel, from his kids. He's just... He's there to earn, you know, and provide. And she was actually a really great, attentive mother and, and tried to be there yeah. for her kids and get them to talk to her. He got it from his mom because I, I do like her. Yeah, see, it, it has rubbed off yeah. because, yeah, he is when he does really engage with, with her and talks to her and listens to her. He is killing it. He does a really good job. Um, but, you know, she does bring up some good points. I mean, he says, I care for you. She says, care, but you don't love me anymore. He's like, well whoever said that and he's like you kind of did because you don't even write it anymore and she's going through the letters and saying from mike from mike from mike from mike and it's like oh dude uh yeah <laughs> he gets a point ding from on that. Him uh, yeah come on mike yeah. but then you know and he still doesn't say it even after that no come on uh, he says i he goes i say it and i'm like well then you could have just said you it you could have <laughs> right. just said it and just reaffirmed her and said i do love you Girls, right. girls want to hear it. We we might mm. know it, but we want to hear it. We want to hear the words sometimes. Right, but he he does give her at least one good thing. He says uh, when he does say, you know, you know, I've been bullied too, and it's like the best thing. He's like, what they say don't doesn't matter. Like they're a bunch of mouth breathers and nobodies, and don't let what these nobodies are saying affect you because you're a superhero. And then it breaks my heart when she just goes, not anymore. Oh, uh, I know. Uh, she is at such a low. I feel so bad for her right now. And then and her this conversation, this scene with Mike, and then also at the diner when she takes off with Owens. I was like, well, there's two times this episode that she just didn't eat waffles and left them behind. She abandoned her waffles twice this episode. That doesn't sound like Elle. Not the 11 I know. That's when uh, you know she's going through <laughs> something, when, when yeah. even the waffles don't bring her around. But then, yeah, I think that's about it. That I had some other stuff. Yeah, we've talked about a lot of those. I've kind of sprinkled them in. So we like that's it. For we notes. like the little sprinkles, little sprinkles yeah. and nuggets. Okay, so I have some notes, but one one note in particular I have, and I don't know that this is going to become a, a regular segment. I doubt it because I doubt I'll have enough inspiration or make enough connections. But uh, I have a little note section here called Remus Conspiracy Corner. <laughs> I'm a net for conspiracies. I am an X-Files fan, um, just as a reminder for everyone. Okay, so hear me out. 
In the season one premiere, I'm going back, and I don't know if anyone else has done a rewatch, but I started, I felt like some things were clicking. In the season one premiere, there towards the end, when Will is going home on his bike after they've played D&D, he's on his way home, and his light starts to flicker. He sees this being in the road. I know I'm making all these hand motions and only Pate can see me. I'm I'm a hand person, hand gesture person, sees the thing in the road and he crashes his bike in the woods. I want everyone to go back and watch that scene and listen carefully because I swear in that scene, you can hear the tick tock of a clock. Ooh. Ooh. Have they gone all the way back with that? Wow. And then listen again. Season two, episode four, when Hopper goes into the upside down it was it was when he's in the pumpkin patch and he's digging the hole and investigating right i remember the whole thing in season two with Mm -hmm. the pumpkin patches everything's dying when he falls down into that hole you can hear tick tock again and then in it's the season three episode one premiere when billy um, meets the mind flare for the first time, and I, I say meet meets probably not a fair word. The mind flare pretty much just like takes him, drags, drags him, him drags him down yeah. into that building. But it's his first interaction, I guess, with the mind flare. Go back and listen, and tell me if I'm wrong, because I, I I feel like it was a little hard to hear. I did turn it up. I don't know. I, I can't really play with my sound. Look, I don't have a fancy sound system on my TV. It's basically just the like TV sound. Um, and I turned it up so it felt a little bit drowned out by Billy screaming and just the noise itself, like these scary like background noises. But I swear I heard the ticking talk there again. And I could I could just swear that, you know, we thought that that form, that being in the road when Will sees we think is the Demogorgon, I think it's Vecna. It looks yeah. like Vecna. When you see he, because Vecna has this very like inhumanly long arms and fingers, and it's it's real pronounced when you see him, yeah. like connected to the Matrix, whatever the hell that is, that thing that he's in. He he's got these very long forms. It could be the Demogorgon because the Demogorgon was similar similarly shaped. It had it was yeah. humanoid. And it had it could stand up on its high. It would kind of run like a dog too, but it would stand up, and it had long form. And it it could have been, but I wonder if it was Vecna. Interesting. I like it. I don't know. Again, because <laughs> if this is something that they have had planned out at least in some way, at least a hint at that is. Wouldn't that be all amazing if they if if all of that <laughs> if it's connected and they've had this whole thing the Duffer brothers have had this whole thing mapped out the entire time and that the upside down is really more than just the Demogorgons and the Mind Flayer like that's just a, a, a part or pieces of the upside down and we don't even know the full yeah. scope of it yet I don't know that like. <laughs> Vecna could be kind of the overlord of the Upside Down, creator of the Upside Down, whatever. Yeah. Man, I don't know. (laughs) He's been around longer than what we know of. Mm -hmm. 
you know, at least, and and def, and not just in the upside down, but like in in our world. I don't know. Again, I got a thing for conspiracies, but I don't know. After, after I rewatched it, I thought, um, I don't know. I don't know if that was a demogorgon there in the road. What if? What if? What if it was? The form matches, and you can't. You can only see a silhouette. You, it's it's all dark. You can't see really what it is. And I'm I'm hearing the ticking yeah. of the clock. Okay. Other notes. What other notes did I have? Oh, we talked about the Munson trailer where Eddie was, where Chrissy died. Talked about the nodes bleeds. Maybe that's it. I think we've covered everything else. I just I have to throw in my conspiracies because I, I you know it would not surprise me to 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 know that it's all like it's bigger than what we thought. You know, this right. whole world or this upside down world is bigger than what we thought. I feel like the Duffers are pretty smart guys. They always surprise me every season with what they can come up with and how things work out. So it would not surprise me if they thought all the way back um, season one with, with what we're seeing now. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's all I've got. Okay. I think that was a nice little wrap up for episode three. I cannot wait to see what freaking happens. Um, next I'm going straight to it <laughs> i'm i'm yeah the minute we're done here that's where i'm going i am dying to find out what happens next um all right well let's jump into again i said no news um mm. there's plenty out it's there not worth even trying absolutely not well look <laughs> at you you're you're you know if you start googling things you 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 know you're taking that risk if you type anything to do with yeah. stranger things anything whatsoever characters actors or the show you can't even go into a star wars thread and you're right <laughs> you're getting pieces of information <laughs> nowhere is safe yeah so ah. there's definitely no way i'm going out there and venturing so anyway um let's jump into uh, listener feedback we've got a lot of feedback this week so we're gonna we're gonna get through them so you want to take the first one for me all right the first one is from Lindsay schlicht who says jonathan and argyle trying to get through a family dinner stoned out of their minds really takes me back to high school oh well <laughs> i watched this scene multiple <laughs> times that's great Lindsay, tell me more <laughs> <laughs> yeah you had a fun high school experience um no <laughs> Mike redeemed himself some for me this episode, really tried to connect with Elle, and ultimately tried hard to save her. I like that he was more like Mike from earlier seasons. This scene where Vecna seems to be searching for his next victim is very interesting. It seems that he's targeting people who are going through difficult times. Did we know this from previous seasons, or is this new knowledge? The scene with Hop and his foot was almost too much. I was watching through my fingers, afraid we were going to have another Gerald's Game type scene, mm. but with a foot. Ugh. I'm glad they chose not to show much. I hate seeing Max being targeted by Vecna. I feel like a significant death is probably going to happen soon in the show, and I would be really bummed if it's Max. I've really grown to love her character. I wonder if saving Max will be a major plot point of this season. Mm, maybe. Yeah, I'm scared for Max, too. Ugh. Thanks, Lindsay. All right. Don Elizabeth says, I got a kick out of Jonathan being so high. All that blipping. Will the kids figure out what is going on there? Will Joyce... I liked Murray's cover story for showing up in town. Good thinking on his part. Where is Vecna's mansion? Is it actually on Earth or some supernatural place? I hope that Lucas figures out what a bad crowd he is with. I think he's, I think he's getting, getting on with that. 
Um, mm-hmm. I really don't like seeing him with them and hope he gets out. When they arrested L, can they do that with no guardian present? And is Owens telling the truth about the possibility of her getting her powers back, or is it just a ploy to get her to trust him? And now Max is seeing clocks. My theory about that is that the clocks are telling how much time the victims have left. But so far, I have been wrong about a lot here, so I could be here as well. I'm not ready to lose any of our characters here, so really hope she will be okay. Oh, I don't... That's an interesting theory about the clocks. I hadn't thought about that. That's, like, I say the best theory, really, the only theory I've heard. Yeah about the clocks because i still have no idea what they mean i haven't heard any theories this is the first one and i don't think it's a bad one and i'm wrong about a lot of stuff too so if you are then you're in good company dawn um but i think that would be interesting we don't know what the tie-in with the clocks are i was asking that last week i was like what the hell is this clock and you know have to do with with vecna and and all of this so anyway thanks dawn Mm -hmm. thank you this one from Maureen Favo says, some random thoughts. Anyone else feel all the angst of freshman year in high school throughout this episode? From episode two, Robin and Steve discussion of combining their skills made me think of Cyrano, then 1987's Roxanne, something to look forward to in season five. Also, don't think Hopper went through to Russia. Think he fell onto a lower platform where Russians took him when they escaped. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Did somebody say they fell to Russia? I don't know. Uh, yeah, they definitely took him. Um <laughs> FYI, Penhurst Asylum was mentioned in first season. Kids thought that this is where Elle came from at first. Don't think this is in Hawkins, but a nearby town. How long did Fred get haunted or harassed by Vecna? The police are supposed to be looking for him, but his body lays in the middle of the road all night. No one drove that road until daylight. Anyone else think the transitions from the groups are intentionally jarring to keep us unsettled? Hmm. How great was Nancy looking up and seeing her people? Robin and Nancy, in contrast to Robin, Steve is so fun to watch. Oh, Robin and Nancy, in contrast to Robin and Steve, is so fun to watch. When is Robin going to crush on Nancy? Weekly Watcher. <laughs> Good. Thanks. <laughs> There's not a lot of you out there, I've noticed. The, the true believers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Robin's jacket patches are all over the place. Though Max uh, thought Max is floating. In, okay, nope, not reading that one again. <laughs> I bet L is a superhero, not a monster. You? I... I don't think that she's a monster. I think I, I think we've already talked yeah. about that a little bit when we were talking about the title of the episode. So I think I've said my piece on that. Thank you, Maureen. Yeah. Okay, we got a couple of emails this week as well. Our first one is from our really good friend Daphne and Pake's other co-host on their podcast. Daphne starts out, she says, Hey guys, it's heartbreaking to watch Elle question whether or not she is the monster. The flashbacks seem to indicate that she did do something heinous at the lab, but can she truly be blamed? And can we really trust that she was behind it? Things are never what they seem with this show. They're usually much worse. Now we learn that Owen, Paul Reiser, is behind the move to California. I know that he did it to protect her, but I think it made things worse for her. I hope and that in the end she gets some peace and joy. I love the plas- pl- sorry, let me start over. I love the platonic tandem of Steve and Robin. I appreciate that they are just good friends and didn't turn it into a romantic relationship, which so many shows do. Given Patrick's nosebleed, I'm guessing he'll be next on the Vecna hit list, but since that is an early symptom, is he going to be targeted after Max? This reminds me of The Ring so much. I'm grateful that that the Duffer brothers continue to focus on giving us a superior viewing experience. They focus on all the details and deliver what is essentially a mini-movie in every episode. The cinematography and writing is impeccable. I especially like the focus on Max, even if it means something bad could happen. 
because Sadie Sink is killing it. I agree. Uh, looking forward to hearing your thoughts as always. It's so incredibly hard to go week to week, but I'm sticking with it to follow the podcast. How the heck are you managing to press stop at the end of the episode? Daphne. Um, it's hard. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> you know, it's it's probably, yeah, it's a very, very difficult. Um, but thank you, Daphne, for sticking with us. And for all of you, yeah. uh, I, I don't know how many of you are, and it, you don't have to say it's fine if this is like you're, you've seen it and you're coming back and doing a rewatch with us. It's hard, but it's worth it for me. I do not trust myself. There's no way in hell <laughs> I could watch the entire you know season and uh or even the next episode and not have it i'll I'll talk about it i'm a freaking blabbermouth i'll either say something or it's going to color my perspective of the episode that we're talking about so i don't trust myself i have to force myself to but it's hard because i want to know i have to yeah i'm I'm the same way so that's i'm like it's it's a struggle to to go through even like the little things that i have seen that i've mentioned then I have to like even like keep those in mind. Like I don't even have the full picture on them, but I'm like, I, I want to make sure I'm not leading towards really like revealing those kind of things. I know, so like, man. If I knew everything, I'm like, yeah, it would be impossible. So it's gotta go week to week. I've, but, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting. Oof. It's certainly a challenge. It kind of challenges you if you can do it, you know. Yeah. But all at the same time, I do sometimes wonder like, should we just have a spoiler cast about it? Should we? Binge the, the whole season, season and, then, and then come back and, yeah. and and podcast on each episode, knowing that it's full of spoilers. I know some podcasts do that. I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah. I kind of like the intrigue and not knowing. But anyway, yeah. there's podcasts out there if that's your thing. Because then, yeah, because all of our listeners who have binged through already, then it's an extra level of fun for them to listen to it and be like, Psh, "You are so wrong. You guys so are what so dumb. <laughs> I can't believe you said that." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right well this next one comes from elizabeth who says hello reman Pake. thank you for your excellent coverage of season four i'm rewatching season four along with you because this season sucked me in and i watched it in three days as we we're of just course. talking about right um <laughs> here are my random thoughts on the first three episodes one it looks like hellfire is playing D in the hawkins school theater department did your school allow this type of usage of campus facilities mine surely did not Two, never shake a magic eight ball. It will get bubbles inside of it. Just turn it slowly. (laughs) Three, everything from the 80s is so spot on. So I hear phrases like, let's go, or you got this. They really stick out. But hey, fantasy, right? Four, rewatching while knowing it's Will's birthday is completely (laughs) gut-wrenching. Five, did you notice that Counselor Kelly is wearing a clock necklace? Creepy. I'll never look at clocks the same. I did not see that, but. Yeah, good, good, good pickup. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And six, Nancy and Robin's library research made me really miss investigating the library. There's something thrilling about finding the book or little kernel of knowledge you need for an assignment. That is it for now. Paik, I'm loving your commentary and insight. And Rima, you're the best. Totally tubular in California, Elizabeth. Love it. Thank you. I love the library. I loved it whenever I was a kid. Grew up there. Always there. I love it now. I'm across the street from the library. I still enjoy going. I love the library. And that's what we have for the internet. It's what we have for Google. (laughs) Okay. We did get some voicemails. Uh, So good to see voicemail uh, messages in our inbox again. I cannot wait. Uh, First one we have is from our good friend, Anwen. Let's see what she has to say. 
Hey Rima and Paik, this is Anwin and I'm excited to be back listening to you guys. I've missed you. I haven't been watching you or Ozark. So I'm thrilled to be back listening to Strange Indeed for Stranger Things. And wow, what, a, what an amazing start. Episode one, I loved the um, mashup between the basketball scene and the D&D scene. My husband was sitting there going, I hope they roll a 20 while I was going, I hope he makes the shot. It was really fun. All of the 80s kind of nostalgia is amazing to me. It's just the right age. I was 12 in 1986, so seeing the roller rink was really cool. Um, Where I grew up in New Zealand, we had um, Skate City, Skate World and Skate Ranch all in the small city that I live in and um, all of the clothes that they were wearing just really (laughs) brought it all back to me. The video store as well is really cool. Um, Actually, just down the road from us here, um, we had a DVD store that was the last one in the city and it only closed a couple of years ago we used to love going down there and stocking up with dvds for a week and you could get your snacks there as well so it was really cool and i miss it the microfilm when they're in the library i don't know if anyone under 40 would remember that but i, I definitely remember scrolling through old newspapers for school reports um, all of these things as well um you know, 12 or 13 was the age when I started watching horror movies around that time. Nightmare on Elm Street came out when I was 13, and it's so cool to see Stranger Things actually kind of moving right into that classic horror genre um, with the teenagers all getting stalked, and it's fantastic. I love it. It's really hard to wait after watching every episode, but I'm with you. I'm going to stick week to week and just make it last. Uh, Thanks so much for your coverage, as always. Can't wait to hear what you think of this latest episode. Bye. Oh, so good to hear from Anwen <laughs> again. Yes. I've missed you too, my friend. That was so lovely and insightful. Sticking week to week. Yeah. Love to hear I it. I noticed with the feedback, there's there's a few people, there's more people than I, I thought. I know. That, that are, are doing it. Like I said, like the, the true believers. They got but, our back. Because I know there's like people that have like in our group, there's like already like a Stranger Things like discussion thread and all these like that have seen the whole yes. season. So I know there's people that went through it, but there are a few of you hanging on and I appreciate it. I, not that I don't appreciate those of you who have watched it all. Because not at all. I don't blame you. If I wasn't podcasting, no, I've told Rima. No. When I listened as just a fan, I binged this show. So... I, I understand, and I hold nothing against you. No, if I wasn't okay. podcasting on it, I would have done finished it by now. So it's it's oh yeah, it's yep, it's because of that. But I that's means a lot. Yeah, this is great. Thank you, Anwen. Uh, next voice message we have is from our good friend Greg. See what he has to say. Hey, Rima. Hey, Sean. This is Greg. All right. So episode three. Well, I mean, what can we say except, good God, uh, the the subtitles for each of the sound effects on here were uh, especially grotesque, especially the, the welt squel- wet squelches and uh, hops, um, what, what was it? I think it was squelching, dislodging, or wet dislodging, oh, it was gross, anyway. Um, so the, so I like hops plan. Um, although I am not sure where he's going from here. I'm interested to see it. Um, 
the the idea that Max is the next victim is quite a uh, quite a twist. Although you know, with the trauma built up there, that doesn't make sense. Or rather, sorry, that it makes sense. I think Lucas is playing a really dangerous game. Um, he, you know, whenever you spy for, you know, you kind of go along with the, uh, the idea that, Hey, I'll, I'll stop it from the inside or whatever. It, it can be a very dangerous game. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes it can be successful, uh, but it's kind of dangerous. Um, but I personally think that the, uh, the, the, the MVP of this episode was Nancy, uh, the, the old school research, go look at some microfiche in the library and, uh, then between her and uh, what's the other girl's name? Uh, the, anyway, the the, the two uh, Robin, uh, her and Robin uh, having the idea about checking the uh, doing the the MIB thing and checking the uh, crappy tabloid. Um, I really like what they're doing this season. Uh, it's a new villain. It's not the mind flare. It's not the upside down in general. Um, I feel like hopefully we'll end up getting a, a completion to the storyline in this season. Um, but uh, if not, uh, next season, I mean, hopefully season five would be be pretty good. All right. Sorry, this went a little bit long. Bye. Thanks, Mark, for that. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> it was an oversight. Thank you. Great. <laughs> we just, just laughed. <laughs> all in good fun. We are all friends. I love it. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, the microfish. I love it. It's the second time it's been mentioned. Old school. All right. And it's so good to hear. We've got another voice message from our dear friend Steve Brown. Um I haven't I, I've truly missed his live steving. Um and it's it's just great to have him back as well along with the show. So let's see what yeah. our friend Steve has to say about this episode or the show in general. Hello, Strange Indeed, Paik and Rima, or who's doing Stranger Things? Gosh, I've been so out of it being on vacation, but I cannot wait to hear your coverage so far of the latest season, season four. I did binge watch the first three seasons and have not even had a chance to start season four yet of Stranger Things. But I am going to, and hopefully I'll get caught up this week and be with you week by week coming up here uh, in the future with Strange Indeed. Uh, love you guys' coverage. Uh, love you both and cannot wait wait to hear what you have to say about these this new season all right uh, this is steve talk to you later oh cannot wait to hear what steve has to say about the the newer uh, yes. season i know he's been on vacation it looks like an amazing vacation from the pictures yeah. that i have seen my goodness what an amazing time i always wanted to do I know. I can't wait till we get a chance to all catch up and we can hear like about it instead of just like his pictures and kind of hear about his his vacation, his experiences and um, what he got to do. So good to have you back, Steve. Good to have everyone back. It brings me so much joy. I know, you know, our, our audience fluctuates depending on the shows that we're covering and, you know, people kind of stick around for certain shows or stick with us through all of them and just because we cover them and it's, you know, it's great to see that engagement. It's great to see the Facebook comments flooded, the email um, inbox full of emails and voice messages. It It brings me joy. So thank you guys so much for all of your feedback, for sticking with us, for giving us the feedback. There are posts, um, you know, I'm going to put it up there if you're watching ahead. 
is totally fine. I'm going to do I've done like I do for all of our Netflix shows. There are posts up for every episode, at least for now. I didn't put up anything for the last two. They're not out yet. Uh, But for the first seven, there are posts. So if you're watching ahead, go ahead and go leave your feedback. You know, it's totally fine. I'll get around to it when we're covering that episode. If you want to leave feedback on an older episode, uh, then that's totally fine. If you missed uh, some coverage, I know our schedules kind of fluctuated a little bit in these first couple of weeks, trying to get some episodes yeah. out and, you know, with um, vacations and things like that. Um, but we should be back to our regular Tuesday schedule uh, from here on. So if you've missed um, a, a certain deadline, you know, leave it at any time. Yeah. But thank you guys so much. Really appreciate uh, the feedback. You guys are are excellent and make it even more fun for us. And we are excited for you to follow us to Hawkins, Indiana. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter at StrangeTCast. You can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. And you can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at Podcastica.com. And go out and leave a review. Try that again. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. Yes, please say something nice. We love to hear it. Um, And yeah, a lot of, uh, you know, we keep talking about it and I'll keep talking about it because there's so many amazing podcasts right now. Um, I know that uh, the show from on Epics is still being covered Mm -hmm. as well by Alex and Elizabeth. Be sure to check them out. Leave them some feedback. Let them know what you think about the show and the episodes that they're covering. And of course, uh, one of the shows we are absolutely bananas about, and that's Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus. That is also um, available now as you and I are talking. So it's like, okay, so we're going to watch the next episode of Stranger Things and we're going to go watch the new episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? We're going to do that. Um, then Miss Marvel drops tonight too. I don't know if anybody's covering that yet. I don't but, know if. Yeah, I don't know. Also dropping tonight, so I've got plenty of stuff to watch. I'm. It's going to be an all nighter. <laughs> See, that's why it makes it just slightly easier not to watch that next episode um, because of all yeah. the great things. But Obi Wan Kenobi is being also covered on Podcastica. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason and Jonathan, and is it Eric? That's I forget. I who think else. it's like Jason, Jonathan, Eric, and somebody else. Rick. Maybe I don't remember. I, I think he's bad. got a I little bit know. of, but it's like a rotating. I think like, there's, there's a little there's bit of a rotating, guys, and then there's a rotating three of them a time on each episode. I, think I can't keep like, up. We've always got a yeah. good group of folks that help us with coverage and wrote, you know, um, knowledge base and, and rotating guests. And I never, I'm not in the know. I only know until the episodes are out who's actually going to be on it. So, um, but great coverage. Be sure to check that out. Obi Wan Kenobi is just. An absolutely amazing show. Oh, I'm loving it so Wars far. My Star Wars nerd heart is adoring it right now. Oh I my just, god! Yeah, I can't even. Um, it's fantastic. So check everything out there on podcastica.com. And speaking of great podcasts, make sure to check out Pake and Daphne in their podcast called Run for Your Lives. I know you gave us a sneak peek last week. Um, anything yeah. else you'd like to tease for this week? Yeah, uh, this week, which we already have some feedback from you on this one, Rima, uh, for what's coming out this week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, we dove back to uh, the 80s themselves, late 80s. I think it was, what, did I say 87, 89, something like that. It's later, 80s. Uh, but a little uh, movie called The Gate, mm-hmm. where uh, these uh, kids unknowingly open up a portal to hell full of demons in their backyard. And it is. Didn't, haven't quite we all wild. done that? <laughs> yeah, I no. mean, at one time yeah. or another, yeah. Uh-huh. 
So very fitting as we're talking about Stranger Things. It's kind of yeah. Uh, yep. So yeah, definitely. But it, this movie was in the '80s, and so I'm sure it inspires a lot of little things uh, for those who saw it. Because I had never heard of it until I just stumbled upon it and was like, "We're going to cover it this week." Really? Um, yeah. Wow. I know and I've mentioned I it a couple times here on the podcast somewhere oh, along nice. in these last four years. I've mentioned the gate at least once because, uh-huh. yeah, that it 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 tripped me up quite a bit <laughs> as a kid watching that. Yeah. Yeah. It it was quite a blast to to go back and experience it for the first time now. Uh, so. Yeah, definitely check that out if you've seen it or whatever. Yeah, uh, let us you know give us some feedback over there. And I think it's available in a lot of free ways. Like I think you can find it for free right now on YouTube, Tubi, Vudu, Plex. Like I think a lot of free services have them right now, right. Have it right now available. So if you want to go watch it and let us know what you thought of them or if your lives. <laughs> I would uh, certainly recommend it. Go out, go and check it out, and then definitely leave some feedback or you know listen in on y'all's coverage of it because it it's an oldie but a goodie. Yeah, and then this is out of place. This is probably back for news, but I just thought about it while you were talking about different shows that come up in as we change shows here on Strange Indeed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you had seen, but uh, they just finished filming on Sweet Tooth season two. So oh, did they? I totally I just saw missed that news that. like today or yesterday. So. If you hadn't nice. seen it, I'm gonna throw that out there that they finished filming. Filming is wrapped, so they're in post production, and then I'm hoping we will get a release date for season two of Sweet Tooth before too long. If it can please not be any time in the next three to four months, <laughs> that would be freaking yeah. awesome because right. <laughs> there's literally like five so or six much. podcasts on my list that I'm covering or that I need to cover, and everything's overlapping and everything's right after the other. And I think I'm going to lose my mind. Um, thanks for that bit of news. I didn't down the road. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's hope it's a little bit further out. I would appreciate yeah. that. I'm good with waiting a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I need some time, please. I'm uh, as like what we did with Lock and Key this last season. I'm actually, I am reading the comics, The Sweet Tooth, right now. I I bought awesome. the whole compendium while we were in fan, at Pandemic in Atlanta. So that, that's my plan is to have read the comics before going into season two. Nice. So I can. Kind of look at it that way again, without spoiling things. I won't spoil things as we cover, but that way, that little comic talk mindset Yeah, is there, I think that will be fun. fun to have a little bit of insight yeah. like we do for Lock and Key. So that'll be fun. Well, excellent. That's a nice little nugget of information I wasn't aware mm-hmm. of, so I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, next episode for us will be uh, Stranger Things Season 4, Episode 4, titled Chapter 4, Dear Billy. I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm getting to the point, I think I don't even want to look at the episode titles. I'm not, I don't even know, know the description of the episode, and I don't know, but I don't even want to just, no. You don't want to know. I don't like it. Makes no. me scared. So, <laughs> that's next for us next week. We, we are back on our regular Tuesday schedule, or unless we have to shift things for, for one reason or another, but we're back on our weekly schedule, but feel free to leave us feedback at any time. So anyway, that's what's next for us. Am I ready? No, but am I ready? Yes. Uh (laughs) Both. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, that is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time. I'm Rima. And I'm Pig. And Sarah Krebser is strange. Indeed. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. 
by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.